At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Perfect, perfect, perfect. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. We'd love for you to be a part of the show by calling in at 252-228-5098. Jump in the chat room, smash the thumbs up button, be a part of the conversation. Check out the show notes for the Discord link where you can be a part of, I guess it's just Panther. It's like your ear to the ground following all the things that are Panthers. And I know my man that always has his ear to the ground, Cody Lashney, my co-host, Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. Tony Dunn, what's going on, man? We're finally uh, getting a little bit of Panthers news to whet the appetite in what has been uh, really a dry a dry offseason, kind of. But uh, now we're getting a little bit to talk about. Uh, we're going to do a fun little 2016 redraft. And, uh, yeah, man, there's nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night. Not too many peeps in the chat room right now, man. I see Joey the Blind Panther Esquivel. And uh, and my ass, but it don't change nothing. Tony Dunn ain't nothing to it but to do it. Let's roll. It's a slow night when it comes to people are slowly coming into the show. Don't worry. They're coming. They're coming to the longest running Panthers podcast. Tonight's show is Ha Ha Tries Out as C3 Redrafts 2016. We will be looking. Um, we'll, we'll be talking about just kind of the basic news that comes out of the mini camps. We're starting to see some tweets and some photos of the actual players that we've been talking and speculating about and ignore the show notes right now, where I think I said the Panthers wrap up mini camp. I think I was reading a tweet about another team that's already closing theirs down. I feel like, 
anyway, the Panthers have just gotten started, and I, I think it's only three days or something. You know, they're all these are rather short periods where they work together. So I don't expect to see. We are about to hit the doldrums, I guess, of football news where we just want everyone. Any new, no news will be good news for the next six weeks as we wait for training camp. Don't forget, though. Uh, well, before I tell you don't, what not to forget, is tonight we're going to be doing a redraft, guys. We're going to go back, and I got some cool things planned in the future. Uh, and here is one of the things that we're going to do just to kind of have fun in this time period where there's a little you know, less uh, just actionable news to talk about. But tonight we're going to go back and look at the 2016 draft and we're going to go back and Cody and I are going to select four of these teams and see who we would have picked now that five years has passed. Vernon Butler was the Carolina Panthers pick, I believe, at 30. So the Panthers don't get to pick till 30. Would you take Vernon Butler or someone else in this draft? You'll find out in just a moment. And things are going to be getting hot this summer, right? There's going to be a lot of hot news. And I tell you, this hot news probably should be and is will be powered by Avolta. Avolta is a place you can put no money down and you can get energy independence. You can take advantage of those solar credits. You can cut the cord with your energy company. You can put these solar panels on your house. You can become energy independent. You'll have a fixed rate for your lifetime. You got to be a homeowner in North and South Carolina to take advantage of this offer. You can contact solar consultant Kevin Brown, a Panther fan and listener of the C3 Panthers podcast. You say, hey, I heard about a Volts on the C3 Panthers podcast. You're gonna, He's going to give you a special hookup because he loves the Carolina Panthers like you do. Contact Kevin Brown at 704-215-3373. All right, Cody. Let's just go ahead and get into the news and notes. What have you heard about training camps or mini camp so far? Well, so far I've heard that it was a defensive showcase today as uh, the offense didn't quite get off the ground as fast as our defense did. Uh, the Carolina Panthers even put out a tweet saying the defense had a day. Um, and that was another big part of our news is that J.C. Horn has officially signed his contract. It was kind of a deal or uh, kind of became a headline that it had gone so long that we still hadn't signed him, but we were able to get a deal done with him. And uh, the last little bit of news that I heard from today uh, was Taylor Moten saying that he doesn't see any reason why he wouldn't be p uh, playing tackle for the Panthers this year. So that indicates that he probably is going to play under the franchise tag. And um, we're left to just hope that we do end up paying him before the season starts. So let me pull this tweet up. I saw that yeah. Matt Rule was asked about Taylor Moten. And uh, he said ultimately that uh, they were at, they asked him if he would be moving him to left tackle. There's been speculation that Taylor Moten is looking for left tackle money or something to that effect. And um, Matt Rule said, hey, he's really good at right tackle. We have, He's really good at his position. We don't really have any plans of, you know, messing things up. Don't break something that ain't broke. Or don't fix something that ain't broke is actually the way you say it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
something like that all something right like so that. uh, that's uh, that's some news is that uh and um right away is that you hear Hassan Reddick tip pass Sam Darnold interception right so that's going to fuel a little talk but is there really anything to note uh, about the defense being ahead at this moment I mean, is there anything to make of it? 11 on 11? Usually the offense does have a lot of advantages in these. Where, where are they wearing pads? Hold on. Let me look at the picture. Where yeah, well, hold on. Well, hold on. I, I'll do you one better. Uh, yeah, so they were they were wearing pads. Uh, so this is the play that everybody was talking oh, about. Oh, just helmets. Yeah, They're just Stan, wearing helmets. Yeah, just, uh, just sh- wearing shells. Let me restart it. Um. But the big play of the day that everybody's been talking about, and it'll show it later on, uh, Sam Darnold throws, goes to throw a pass, and it's tipped at the line of scrimmage, and uh, it bounces up, and Hassan Reddick comes down with it. So um, all of the word on the you know, news beat there, right now, yeah, that was Boom. it right there. Um, but uh, then you have, you know, and I know we're kind of all over the place here, forgive us, but... Uh, we even had the likes of uh, Robbie Anderson saying that Sam Darnold has a new aura about him, that he uh, has a brand new feel. Energy and yeah. glow. I think he said a glow and energy about him that he did not see in New York. Yeah. And who knows what that means yet? You know, I mean, again, we're still far too early to really know anything about this football team. Um, you know, it, it's. It's uh, we're the start of June right now, but before you know it, man, we're going to be coming up on these preseason games. You know, it's just a, a little bit more than two months out, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I felt like we uh, got a good bit of information today from some interviews, and um, yeah, I'm I'm slowly but surely getting more and more excited about the season. Um. Speaking of the preseason, there was some fun news about Steve Smith Sr. doing uh, playing a larger role with the Carolina Panthers going yeah. forward is that he will be joining Taylor Sarzor, who will be the new play-by-play announcer for Panthers TV Network, and Steve Smith returning to the team as his as an analyst with sideline reporter Kristen Balboni for the 2021 preseason. Now, when I first read this, I didn't realize it was only like uh, agreed upon for the preseason. I thought this was going to be a full-on season thing. Last year, I think they had uh, they cycled in Jake DeLome, Jordan Gross to play parts of this. Steve Smith Sr. joining the Carolina Panthers or rejoining them in this analyst um, role at least for the preseason, to me is an important story for the Carolina Panthers and the Carolina Panthers fan base. And I know you're like, who cares really? It's just someone talking about the game with a play-by-play. But look, as we just heard, Mick Mixon is going to be retiring as the radio announcer, uh, the play-by-play who's been with the team forever, it feels like. Am I the only one that's like, bye, Mick. Later. Nah, I mean, well, man, like well, he, I, well, I don't Mr. know. I have mixed Day, feelings. But Mr. Day, I, I, we talked talking. about this last week. We had to, we we talked about this last week. While you, uh, and, yeah, and I wasn't here. Last I don't week. want to rehash it, but overall, it's mixed feelings about the radio voice. Like there is a certain kind of professionalism that comes about, but at the same time, he's also there's 
I'll rubbing those broad days. shoulders, stroking yeah, the like, balls yeah, of this. He would uh, talk about oh, Ron Rivera and his ample chest. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it. I, I, I brought that up but yeah. last week. But here's the thing about the Steve Smith story that's interesting to me is that a team like Steve Smith has entered the media now and starting to forge a successful career. What is he with the NFL Network? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it does. You know, he's. Network. And so to me, this is the first one. I was trying to think of who is a former Carolina Panther that's kind of stayed in the NFL in a public role where you continue to relate him back to the Carolina Panthers. So what I mean by that is when we think of Michael Irvin and we see him on ESPN or wherever they're at, you know, you think about the Cowboys and their legacy and how he's related to it. He's not with the Cowboys anymore. You know, he's not this, but it's about like the history of that team. Steve Smith is now for me being a part of the media and even kind of this return connection signaling that we're starting to hit that period of a franchise where we have a little legacy now. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, really, he's a legacy are... player that is going to be involved in the NFL for the next 15, 20 years that hasn't played with you know, so that's so we're, we're Carolina Panthers are getting some history now. Yeah, I mean, he's really been carrying the flag for us, and it really, uh, we really didn't even have him until recently, up until David Tepper decided to kind of you know get back on good terms with Steve. Because uh, when Steve Smith was on the NFL networks, like they would have this segment where they would have different NFL players, and behind them they would have their jerseys, their former jerseys, like up on the wall behind them. And Steve Smith always had his Ravens jersey up there, just because of the way things ended with the Panthers. Um, but now, yeah, they've definitely mended that wound, and he's carrying that Panthers uh, flag in the media. And I think another name that is going to be associated with us going forward is Greg Olson as he continues to do more media things. And now you're going to hear him doing color commentary on Sundays during various games. Yeah. He's we, got, yeah has, he's definitely, has he agreed to that already? I haven't I heard any news so. about yeah, that. It's been a while. I think, uh, yeah, I think he's official at Fox. So okay. yeah, that, that's something that's happening. And then to a lesser degree, I guess, um, Thomas Davis a little bit. I've seen him doing the rounds. And for a little while, even before we stopped doing, I really don't know what Josh Norman is up to now, but he was doing a lot of uh, media interviews. Well, and, I think uh, he's still playing, though. You know what I mean? I think I, I, yeah. last, I mean, didn't he play for the Bills last but, year? Yeah, but that's another guy that I could see if he inevitably ends up moving on to a broadcast booth or just doing more things in the media people are going to know him most from his time as a Panther. So um, someone just brought this up is that HaHa and HaHa is trying out for the team. HaHa Clinton Dix, who did not play last year, who was kind of a, uh, what he, I think he was originally drafted by the football team, maybe. Um, I wonder where, where, where was he originally not drafted? Not the Packers. Was it the Packers? Yeah, it was. It was on the Green Bay two. Packers for a while. So yeah, um, in a player, at least the name is recognizable. Uh, yeah. he did not play last year. I don't know. I haven't looked into the details of why he didn't play. Could be COVID opt out. Could be other reasons. Could be yeah, no one else that 
no one else that you know signed him but people brought this up immediately because the Panthers aren't the deepest when it comes to yes free safety right like who is going to yeah. be the free safety like where a lot of people are assuming we're assuming that Jeremy Chin's going to be moved to a strong safety type position really and really playing yeah um you I, I heard a, I saw a story today that AJ Bouye they were that they th- were thinking of him as, as as a nickel corner and then that leaves us with Justin Burris, Sam Franklin and I'm not entirely sure who else but ultimately you know I think Joel, Joe Person said that this could be um you know a good signing for a place that you need some depth at the moment any thoughts on haha yeah, I mean, we. I, I'm praying that we do this. I mean, Tony, I've told you on this show that I'm terrified about our safety prospects. I mean, listen, let's also be be real, be honest. There's a thing known as a sophomore slump, and guys who have tremendous rookie seasons sometimes fail to live up to the effect of their rookie NFL season. And I think now, you know, I love Jeremy Chen, but I think Jeremy Chen could be a culprit of that, seeing as how last year we used him in a lot of different linebacker roles, um, and that was kind of where he was most uh, successful for us. So essentially you have uh, Jeremy Chen having to ingratiate himself to a position that he isn't as used to. So, yeah, having a veteran over the top, someone that can actually – um, you know, be a dependable backfield playmaker for us, a ball hawk that we really haven't had in, in a while. Um, yeah, I, I mean, just for the, the, the depth and the, the, veteran, uh, the veteran safety position on our team, I feel like that's something we've always had when the Panthers have been at their best, whether that was Roman Harper or Trey Boston when he was playing his best ball. You know, we've, we've done well with veteran safeties. So I would love to see this happen. Uh, I would I hope it does. It makes more sense to me than signing TJ Yeldon at this point in time, knowing that we have McCaffrey and we just drafted Chuba Hubbard. Um, yeah, I hope we sign Clinton Dix. I would love that. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Big shout out to all the people in the chat room. I hope they've all smashed the thumbs up button like I know you already have if you're listening. Salad Dodger, Kevin, 704 Charlotte Bound, Sideshow Rob, Craig Cartner, Kevin, I've said that. And uh, Panther Nation Podcast, Rashawn Davis, show in the house, and The Real Zero Chill, never missing, Trill One, my brother. Thank you for tuning in the show. Smash the thumbs up button. I think that is ultimately... The I feel like I say that word a lot. Um, that is, is there any other news? Oh, Robbie Anderson, I think, came out and said, ha, ha, there's no uh, holdout. All y'all trying to make something out of nothing. And I don't think anybody's really made anything out of, you know, we just noted he was just not at the OTAs. But kind of expected and understood then the question surrounding potential trade rumors with him. But. He looked to be uh, excited to be there, and they featured him talking about Sam Darnold. So I think that covers the news from minicamp, right? Day one of minicamp, ignore the show notes that says closing up minicamp. 
pretty much. But yeah, uh, they also uh, our chat room pointed out Kurt Coleman was our last good safety. Oh. Yeah, yeah, how did we forget Kurt, man? He was in, uh, instrumental to that 2000. Uh, probably one of the bigger unsung heroes of that Super Bowl squad. Oh, damn. Uh, he was a ball hawk that year, right? Yeah. Um, he, I think he had a big touchdown that Dallas game. Like, he played a big role. Yep. And and to give that guy a lot of credit is that he came in there, there and did that after that video of him getting blasted in Philadelphia. Do you remember when he got ran over? Yeah. By that running back. And then there was just that picture of him bleeding out of his nose. Like, he's got, and he just yeah. got butt. And so he had to deal with that. That shame game when <laughs> everywhere he went, he was a he played well for us. That was a big, he was a good player. Oh, yeah. Good pickup. And that would be um a nice if it worked out to something like that. Now, who said it? Um was it Z, uh Dereal Zero Chill said that, like, hey, look, that he's been playing a strong safety. And he's like, is that you put him at free safety, better natural fit for him, and could uh you know, maybe and are surrounded with some pretty good players. Find a last leg to the career. All right. Let's see if we can start this in. Maybe we could get like the first 10 or 15 picks in before our guest, Bob Rose, who's going to be joining us at, I believe, 930 Eastern time. We'll see exactly when that time comes through. Is that Bob Rose um, from the Canal Street Chronicles is going to come and just talk with us about the New Orleans Saints free agency and their draft as we continue to work through the teams that the Carolina Panthers will be facing in 2021. We've done Atlanta now. We've done Tampa last week. We've kind of, we're going to knock out the NFC South. And I think my ultimate goal is to work backwards from the schedule like the last week. So that hopefully when we get done with this segment, we'll bring in a Jets guy and it'll be kind of close to week one and make a lot of sense at that point. So stick around for Bob Rose to help us figure out the New Orleans Saints NFL draft. But it's time now for the C3 redraft. We're going to have a little, it's kind of like a game. It's a little exercise where we get to talk about the NFL players, the Carolina Panthers, and other teams as we go back and look at the 2016 NFL draft and redraft it. If we could go back at this point, and pick as those teams and those spots, who would pick? Who would you pick? And let's, you know what? I'm going to give the honor to my co-host. You <laughs> are the Los Angeles Rams picking at number one. And in 2016, they drafted Jared Goff. And I believe, didn't they trade a lot to get to that position to get Jared Goff, yeah, or was it Philly the, that traded? Yeah, originally this was the Browns and the the this was the Titans. I think had the number one pick, and the Browns had the number two pick, and then they traded out of those. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. All yeah. right. Well, so, if you could go back and you're on the clock now, Jared Goff is no longer with the Los Angeles Rams. Would you still go Jared Goff at number one if you're the Rams at that moment trying to build your team? In retrospect, well, in retrospect, no, because what they can actually end up doing is selecting the player who would actually end up being on their team anyway. So if we're doing this and I'm the Los Angeles Rams pick and I'm taking Jalen Ramsey with the number one overall pick. Wow. Hey, uh, thank you very much. 
Thank you very much, because I don't know how, as we go, as uh, the professor uh, selects for Philadelphia, at this point, if you knew what you could get here, I'm trying to trade up. Philadelphia has been looking for an explosive offensive player, and who better, who better than Tyreek Hill, uh, number two shit. overall. Number I think he two. should have been. I would have picked him number one if I was the Rams. Look at this. Let me see. Look, I think he was. This is a great story when it comes to the NFL draft. He was fifth round pick, man. Tyreek yeah, Hill, 165 overall by the Kansas City Chiefs. He now has somewhere of like 5,000. 391 receiving yards, I think, and like something like 47 touchdowns. <laughs> He's a beast, bro. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue that the cheetah, like he should be in in the conversation for number one receiver in the league. Yeah, and the only Easy. reason he fell was because of a bunch of off the field issues. Was that, that right? That, yeah, that, 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 that made him fall. He was originally supposed to go to a power five school. And then he went to a, a JUCO, I think. And then when, I forget where he ended up going. But, yeah, fifth round, man. Maybe the best receiver in the NFL right now. One of, if not the, yeah, like you said. So, uh, Kevin says, who's going to throw him the yeah. ball? I guess, uh, you know what? I don't think there is a top quarterback in this draft period, though. So, like, if we're going to go back, who do you – if you're the Philadelphia Eagles – and you look at the 2016 draft, who is the quarterback that they should have picked that they didn't? Carson Wentz, who was, was he, did he get the MVP one year? Uh, he damn near did. He, uh, and when they went to the Super Bowl, he had a damn year. good year. And then he ended up, uh, messing getting up hurt. He, yeah. I don't and, think uh, there's a good quarterback hurt. in this draft. Uh, if you think about Sam Darnold, then you think about Carson Wentz. Paxton well, but okay, Lynn. let's also let's also yeah, but you know it's easy to be kind of revisionist about Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Say what you want about him, Jared Goff has played in a Super Bowl, and Carson Wentz uh, was a part of a season that saw his team go on to win the Super Bowl. So. Again, you know, it'd be. Oh, you're trying to, to tell me you would still. All right. No, I'm all not right. saying I'm not. I'm not saying that they're worthy of being picked where they are. But I already see uh, a few guys, even here in the top 15, that they still deserve to be drafted ahead of, I think. Uh, let's see. Is Here, I'm going to ask our guest if he can. Uh, Bob, before yeah, I, I even I'm introduce gonna... you, you need to go ahead and pull up the 2016 draft on something because you got to pick uh, at some point. What we're doing right now is that we're only, what, three picks in? Two picks yeah, in. we're at the two picks in. Yeah, we're two picks. We're not going to go through them all. We'll do like the first. We'll do the top ten with Bob, and then we'll break into the Saints news unless he wants to hang out. But the ultimate thing is this: is that we're going back and we're repicking the 2016 NFL draft. And knowing what we know now, would you pick? Who would you pick at this point? Number one on the board was Jalen Ramsey to the Los Angeles Rams. Cody Lashney added him to the team that he's on. Number two for the Eagles for me is Tyreek Hill. I don't know how you can't pick him 
right off the bat, man. The cheetah is explosive. And if you're ready, Bob Rose, you could be the San Diego. What are they now? Uh, not San Diego now. They're the L.A. Whatever. They, who, they picked Joey Bosa there at three. Knowing what we know now, I think that I would uh, give me one second. But I think that I may stick with Bosa. Yeah. He's yeah. a top pick, bro. Yeah, why not, you right? Got, uh, who did you guys – didn't you guys pick Sheldon Rankins that year? Yeah, we did. Uh, and that was also the year that they got uh, Michael Thomas and Von yep. Bell in the second round. And, I mean, you mentioned – you mentioned uh, – Tyreek Hill and how explosive he is. I mean, Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas that year was worthy of a first round pick, I thought. And we were very fortunate to get him in the second round. But listen, yeah, with San Diego, I'm looking, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott was still on the board at this point. And the Chargers mm -hmm. already had Keenan Allen. So I doubt that they would go, you know, receiver even as talented as Michael Thomas is. Uh, you look at some of the other talent on here. I mean, Leonard Floyd went in the top 10. Eli Apple went number 10. Rankins is still here. Yeah, if I'm the Chargers, if I'm the Chargers, I'd probably stick with what they got. And i you know, grab Joey Bosa. All right. That's a good pick. He's on the top three. Fantastic. He's on the top three in my list. I got some other guys that I think have some arguments for being comparable to him in some ways and their efficiency, but he has been a, an impact player. All right, Cody Lashley, you're on pick number four. You're on the board with Dallas. They picked Ezekiel Elliott at running back. Uh, who you got now you go back and pick Zeke and he's not even, I would argue not the best running back in this draft. No, not the best running back in this draft. Uh, and I mean, that, look, there's a few good ones. Um, but knowing positional value, I think, I mean, being honest, I think the days are done of us seeing running backs go in the top 10 picks. Maybe unless there's another safe. They say Barkley this every eight of. years. Yeah, I know, man. But I mean, you're, you're seeing more and more all these really good running backs come from the later rounds. So why spend a high pick on them? Uh, but with that said, at number four, the Dallas Cowboys are going to select DeForest Buckner, defensive end from Oregon. I mean, they still don't have a good defensive tackle on their line, and DeForest just got paid with Indianapolis, I believe. So, uh, yeah, the they would love to put him on that line if they could. Drafted by San Francisco in the seventh spot, DeForest yep. Buckner. He's played 78 games. He's had 38 sacks. Do you say is did you say he's a D tack or a DN? They have listed. They haven't listed that. They haven't listed as defensive. He's basically a five tech. So yeah. sometimes they'll kick him in, but yeah, he's gonna line up directly uh, in front of a tackle. All right. So um who's next on the board is this comes to this you now. Jacksonville. Jalen Ramsey, I got a pick for Jacksonville. And, you know, I want to almost pick somebody who's on their team already that's not Jalen Ramsey. And tell me how I, – I knew you I knew you guys were going to be better at this than me. How do you spell this dude's name? It's hard for me to say. I think that's where he plays. Yannick 
Ninja oh, yeah. Njoku, right? Yannick Ngakwe. Ngakwe. Yeah. He, where was he drafted? I saw his name. Oh, here he is. He's drafted in the third round. He's I'm played well, right? 78 games. He was a defensive, enlisted as a defensive end out of Maryland. 45 sacks uh, to his name on that credit. Is that too rich for you if you are um, Jacksonville? Who picked Jalen Ramsey at that moment? It's not the pick that I would have made, but, you know. All right. Um, Okay. You are on the board now, Bob Rose, at number six. The Baltimore Ravens picked Ronnie Stanley at uh, number six overall tackle out of Notre Dame. He's played 62 games. Your thoughts? Uh, Cody, last thing about while we give him some time to think about this pick. Any thoughts on uh, Ronnie Stanley uh, as a tackle in Baltimore? Because all I hear is the other guy's name, Orlando Brown. So where's well, he at these days? Yeah, well, uh, Brown, last time I heard, was trying to be traded because he right. didn't want to. Well, yeah, he didn't, yeah, he, didn't, he was. He was. He's for, He plays with yeah, Kansas he, City yeah, now. So is Stanley now. still with the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, no. no, you mean the Ravens. Ravens. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. So, yeah, he's still with them um, because they don't want to move uh, Stanley off a of left tackle, and that's where Brown wanted to play. So, yeah, he's still their guy, man. So, yeah. That was, you, that all was right, Bob Rose, you're on the clock. at. Uh, yep, and he's still playing. Man. Well, he only played six games in 2020. He played 14 in 2019. 50. He's never played a full season, though. This no. point, who are you? What do you think about Ronnie Stanley here? Are you picking somebody else? Uh, yeah, look, at the time that the Ravens made the pick, uh, yeah, he looked like a slam dunk. I mean, he was a dominant college lineman uh, that just hasn't worked out well in the pros. Uh, but he's, he's still a young guy, so he's got his career ahead of him. But we all know that the Ravens have been looking for an offense for seemingly forever, uh, for a passing offense. Let me rephrase that. So I think at this point on the board, uh, I believe Ozzie Newsom was still making the calls for uh, you know, for the Ravens at that time. Uh, and, you know, Joe Flacco was winding down his career, but he was still a, a relatively productive quarterback. I think that they had a receiver, and I think this is where Mike, uh, Ohio State's Michael Thomas comes off the board uh, and mm-hmm. goes to Baltimore. Mm, nice All pick right. there. To the All right, the Ravens. Ravens in need of that receiver. I think they went Kevin White at one point. No, that was Chicago that did that. Who? Yeah. No, they got that guy out of U- uh, UCF or whatever who played uh, Perryman. Was that uh, the next year? So it was, it was around that time, I feel like. It was either 16 or 17 that they grabbed Perryman. Yeah, I, so yeah. they didn't get him in. that. They they drafted him in the first round. So that would have been – it must have been 2017. So searching for that wide receiver would not need to do that if Michael Thomas is in the house at that moment. All right, uh, Cody Lashney's on the board. San Francisco at the seventh pick. You picked DeForest Buckner already, who they picked at seven. Who you got for – are you going to stack that defensive line with like a Sheldon Rankins or something? Oh, I'll do you one better. I'll stack that defensive line with – make sure this is right. Yeah, with uh, Chris Jones. Wait, hang on. Before I say this, I'm thinking of the right guy, right? That's the – 
the best yes. defensive Can- tackle. Yep. 40 and yeah. a half sacks from uh, Kansas City. Yep. He's played 76 games so far um, and has been a monster up the middle. Yeah, yeah wow. that's who they're going right there. That's And by the way, so they picked DeForest Butner, and they still end up getting, in my opinion, a comparable player, right? So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, actually, he's got uh, he's been more productive through those seventy eight games. All right, next on the board is Tennessee. You guys, tell me your thoughts on their pick, Jack Conklin. What has happened with him since twenty sixteen? Um, played fifteen games in twenty twenty. Um, looks like he's in twenty eighteen played six. How has he been as their tackle? He's with the Cleveland Browns now, I believe. Yeah, yeah I think this past offseason. Uh, Conklin's been a Pro Bowl caliber tackle. Uh, you know, he was pretty sought after. I believe Tennessee franchise tagged him last year to keep him off the market, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, so you know, Con- Conklin was a solid pick then and has certainly panned out well as a pro. He has played in 72 games. Um, I think I'm going to stick with this pick here as Tennessee, is that while they could not keep him, I've been searching this list for offensive linemen that I feel really, really comfortable with, and I feel okay with that, uh, despite sexy names that could be around uh, offensively or defensively. It's kind of hard to quantify in statistics the offensive linemen. That puts Bob Rose up at number nine. Chicago picked uh, Leonard Floyd, who has played in 70 games since. He's an uh, outside, listed as an outside linebacker. He was picked at number nine overall. He's had 29 sacks. Um, and it looks like uh, they don't have tackles up here. What the hell is his stats looking like? Has he been the tackle machine? No. No. Uh, he hasn't. What and he doesn't even who does he play? Oh, he plays with the Rams now. He's actually kind of had a journey, oh, a kind of a journey career, a little bit, it feels like now. Yeah, he has. Uh, Leonard Floyd is, was a disappointment, considered a disappointment in Chicago. Uh, had a nice bounce back year with the Rams last year. It looks like the light is finally turning on for him. Uh, and I, I was just about to say, you look at the talent that the Rams have in that front seven. Uh, you know, that, that leaves a lot of the offensive attention off of a guy like Leonard Floyd. But then you have to realize, you know, he had that same kind of talent, front seven talent in Chicago, uh, and he never really turned it on. So maybe, I mean, he just could be a late bloomer here. Um, I actually could see if I'm making the pick for the bears, I could see them going offense, uh, you know, seemingly an all, uh, always an offensively challenged team. Uh, I know Tyreek Hill and uh, you know Michael Thomas are both off the board, but another receiver. I just you know scrolled back into the middle of the first round. Another receiver uh, that I noticed was still on the board was uh, uh, Will Fuller. And you know Kevin, I just see you commented. You know Dak Prescott. I forgot that he went in the fourth round that year. Uh, you know Chicago is has always been looking for a quarterback. Uh, so you know, dude, you changed my mind. I was going to say let's go Will Fuller, uh, but. Again, knowing what we know now, in hindsight being 2020, uh, I'd say let's put Dak Prescott in a Chicago Bears uniform. Yeah, I know you're starting to think it should uh, if should Cody Lashney have picked uh, 
Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott for Los Angeles. Should I have picked Dak Prescott for Philadelphia in retrospect? It's kind of hard to say at this moment in this juncture is because of the injury now. I, you know, I mean, I'm not saying kind of hard to say, but it is. I mean, he we've seen a couple of good seasons. Would you? Who's had a better career so far, Dak Prescott or Jared Goff, Cody? Dude, I mean, I, right now, Jared Goff has played in a Super Bowl, so it's hard for me to not say him. Um, it doesn't mean I think he's more talented or a better quarterback necessarily. I don't think any of those three guys are – uh, top five pick quality in retrospect. Maybe that's just me, but I think that's a good spot for Dak. For, uh, yeah, for if Dak you're Chicago, that's a good problem to have is to have Dak as the problem, right, um, as they continue to search and search. That puts – Cody, is that you up yeah. or am I up? Nope, that's me in New York, and uh, I've got a good one for you. But I don't know. This is a fun pick. You yeah. know why? Because guess who went at number 10 to the New York Giants? Eli Someone Apple. who has a relationship to everybody on this podcast, Eli <laughs> Apple. Definitely Bobby. not a top 10 pick. I what a bust. This is a bust right here. I've got to ask Bob. Bob, are you aware of the story of Eli Apple who was in New York? And it was after practice one day and these reporters were talking to him. And right in the middle of them interviewing him, he's like, I got to take a shit. And he just walks away from the interview. Like, that, to this day. I wasn't is, aware of that. that. Yeah, I told you that on this show before. Well, man. excellent. That's, now probably you have. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite Eli Apple story. <laughs> And yeah, and you know what? I've heard some. I've heard some off the wall Eli stories, but I had not heard that one. Yeah, man. Hey, by the way, shout out my man uh, C Dog in the chat. What's going on with you, man? But yeah, so I'm on the clock now. Uh, I'm going to give them a much better corner that kind Ooh. of went by the wayside. I've been looking draft. at this. I think he could be the top corner in this draft. He is, man. And I am giving them Xavier Howard. Ooh, is he better than Jalen Ramsey? Is he going to be a better player than Jalen Ramsey when it's no, but Jalen Ramsey went number one. I know you don't. All right, so you will you would you a, put a, him a in the Jaylen. same conversation right now today? Because I I could have no. Jalen might be the best pure corner in the NFL right now. Like just he has it all: the physicality, the the range. The bravado, he's got it all. But I would think outside of him, especially in this draft, Xavier Howard has been one of the better defensive backs ever since. He's he got twice as many picks as Xavier as Jalen Ramsey. Do you hey, that? man. I, I, twice I as many. It. He's got 22 interceptions. Jalen, is that really right? Jalen Ramsey only has 11 interceptions. That's crazy. <laughs> Probably because people don't throw at Jay. Yeah, yeah they don't. Oh. People don't yeah. throw at us. Jalen Ramsey and you know Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, yeah, that is the truth. All right, so that puts uh, yeah, that is a much, and there's like three corners on this list better than Eli, or like there's probably like ten corners better than Eli Apple, and you know I don't know what uh, this was the time where you drafted nickel corners high. Do you remember Tampa? Uh, 
Look, oh, they do it right the next pick. They do? Uh-huh. Vernon Hargrave. Yeah, here it is. This is the draft that the nickel corner was like all of a sudden so important in the NFL. Um, <laughs> Vernon Hargraves goes number 11 to Tampa Bay. Ooh, should we stop at 10 and then get into – Bob, yeah. how much time you got? Bob, you got uh, like a little a little time or you got to run? No, I got a little bit of time. I don't. I, I don't hear the the little guy tearing th- things up in the next room. So I think we're safe for now. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's push through a couple more picks uh, in this redraft. Uh, Tampa goes uh, number eleven, uh, and they pick Vernon Hargraves, who's only had three interceptions uh, since that moment. He's uh, played in fifty-seven games, and currently he plays for. Does he still play for Tampa? Is the question. No, he no, plays for the Houston Texans. So um, I'm going to say this. this. Tampa Bay has been – hmm. Is there a good offensive lineman out there for them in oh, this I draft? I'm not do. sure. I know what I would do right here. I think I got to do this. Is I think I am going to say we're outside. We have gotten outside the top ten. And Cody can for, can be okay with this because once we're past top 10, we can draft a running back. I'm picking Derrick Henry right here yeah, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. And how about All this? Right. How about this? Now Our very Bob own Bob yes. on his very own team. This would be – okay, so one, not only – Fortuitous. No, but this is this is actually really good because it it also lets us know what Bob thinks of Sheldon Rankins. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, how did that turn out? And who would you have preferred to have in that scenario? Uh, well, I did not like the Sheldon Rankins pick at the time, uh, and that was actually about five months before I started officially, before I officially started my writing career. So all I could do was cry about it on Facebook. Like we see so many of our beloved fans uh, for our, for our respective teams. Now, even though I did not like the pick of Rankins at the time, once he got healthy uh, because he missed most of his rookie year uh, with a broken leg, once he got healthy. uh, Yeah. Uh, and, and once Sheldon got healthy and really started balling out, and 2018 was his best year before he blew out his Achilles in the playoffs, he was shaping up to be one of the league's uh, better defensive tackles uh, as far as you know, able to play a run pass, uh, great strength at the point of attack, terrific explosiveness off the snap. Uh, I was hoping that the Saints would somehow be able to retain him uh, before he ultimately signed with the Jets this offseason. But looking back, putting ourselves in the time machine and going back to the 2016 draft, what I wanted the Saints to do in you know, 16 and 17, for that matter, uh, really until they got to Mario Davis as a free agent in 2018, was increase their speed and athleticism at linebacker. Uh, you know, it, we, saw, we saw Cam Newton beat Saints linebackers to the edge God knows how many times. Uh, and, until Cam started to slow down and Demario joined the Saints. So uh, I want to upgrade my team's linebacking core with this draft pick, and I'm going to go linebacker Jalen Smith out of Notre Ooh, Dame. That's a good one. That's he a good the, one. He his first-round pick anyway before he got uh, yeah. uh, blew out his knee in the Fiesta Bowl, I believe it was, 
Yeah. Uh, but even at that, he only dropped to the second round. Uh, yeah, and he he has been a baller for the Dallas Cowboys since. Uh, you know, first round pedigree at the time, and everybody knew he was going to drop, even though everybody also said this is a first round top ten, top fifteen guy. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm going to take him off the board at number twelve. I like that. I like that a All lot. Right. You're on the clock. Laramie Tunsil was selected next by the Miami Dolphins and uh, was big part of. And this is a good pick to fall on you, Cody, because you, as you championed the tank, tank, tank uh, last year mantra and acquire, acquire asset, you know, draft picks and these additional assets going forward. Laramie Tunsil is an example of that with the Miami Dolphins, who you said we should model in, in that moment, who has had all of these mega number one picks to trade and maneuver. And you even saw Tua in the news today had a tough day. He also had a tough day against the defense like uh, like yeah. Sam Darnold did. But they picked Laramie Tunsil. What do you think about Laramie Tunsil? Is this the, was this the one where he smoked the weed? Yeah. Is this the bong draft? Yeah, this is where – Yeah, so to, to, to put it in context, before the Titans traded out with the Rams, uh, everybody thought that Tunsil was going to be the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he was like the big bad left tackle of, uh, of this class. And, you know um, – I don't know. I thought that they could go quarterback right here at the time. They still had Tannehill, but yeah, I don't think I'm going to change that. I think he's probably still the best player on the board. So yeah, I think I'm just going to keep that one the same and uh, leave it Laramie Tunsil. All right, let me see. All right, uh, Laramie Tunsil. You know the problem with I'm going to say with the problem with the pick is the problem with Laramie Tunsil is that. Despite all that talent, pedigree, this and that, uh, he's the Houston Texans offensive line has been just trash. Um, look, I know uh, you can't put it all on him. Trying to find this is free safety. Or a safety was picked next uh, by Oakland, Carl Joseph, who has played in 63 games. Y'all's thoughts on Carl Joseph now in retrospect to give me some context as I try to figure out who I'm going to pick, um, he is I'm, still with the Raiders. Strong mm-hmm. safety. Yeah, I mean, I, I I know the name, but I know he's not a star for them. Um, I, I you know he's not a, a big name guy. I I won't I won't tip it to you, but I do see another guy at the same position uh, later on who just signed a new contract recently uh who i think would slit or uh jump right into that spot quite nice but there's um All i don't right, know so let me see who there's went no around real, him? There's, there's no real surefire pick here i don't think he went uh who went around him at this time it was <coughs> Corey coleman Ugh. uh that's a yuck pick taylor decker yeah. How has Taylor Decker been? Uh, didn't they re-sign him, franchise tag him or something? Uh, he's been marginal, I think. He's still playing. Mm, Shaq Lawson. 
That's a pretty decent pick there. Like Shaq Lawson. Who we got again? It is Oakland. I'm going to do something like, um, what about Higby? No, no. Car Nasib. Nasib, isn't he a defensive end for Carl Nassib? Yeah. Nassib. 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 I think he was. Cleveland Browns. Well, no, originally, I, I thought originally he, uh, no, he did. He went to the Browns and then he went to Tampa. Yeah. Okay. Or we could pick. See, Oakland. Did they have? Did they have that? Who's their uh, tight end? Also, remember, there's still some big names on the board that haven't been picked yet in our draft that have already been picked in the normal draft, too. Mm, So you like Zeke. Yeah, Zeke is still Um, there. You've got both uh, Jared Goff and uh, Carson Wentz. Ooh. Um, God, I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to pick. Yeah, I guess we'll go with, uh, well, I'm going to go Leonard Floyd here. I'm going to go Leonard Floyd. <laughs> Leonard Floyd. I know okay. is that he's the journeyman, but he's trying to pull it together at this point. It seems like a pick that Oakland would make right now. Their type of guy. All right. So that's, uh, now we're. What to number fifteen? Number fifteen was Corey Coleman, wide receiver. Oh, I, well, I could have picked Dak. Should have picked Dak. No, Dak. We, uh, no, he's already gone. He's already gone. All yeah, right. Dak went to the Bears. Um, so if I'm picking at fifteen, Zeke is still on the board. Um, I, you know, I'm actually going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go who I was trying to get you to go uh, at fourteen. I'm going Justin Simmons, safety. Oh, okay. Good. Yep. Let, me ju- uh, let me find him. Justin went in the third round out of Boston College, and he just signed with the with the Broncos. They paid him. Uh, oh, I had my safety. I had my safety pick. Dang it! How many uh, how many interceptions did Justin Simmons have? Last year? No, just overall career. My guy that I'm going to, that I would have picked when 16. I had, 16. 16. Let's see. INTs, where is it? Just up here. All right. So, uh, anyway, just uh, Leonard Floyd. So, who's on the board? You went Justin Simmons, right? Yeah. And that is for who? Cleveland? Yep. All right, so next on the board is Bob Rose, and what's the pick? What's the, who's he picking for? Uh, the Detroit Lions. They picked Taylor Decker here. They did, and I mean, all three of us, uh, you know, kind of mentioned him a few picks ago. Uh, you know, saying he's been average at best. Uh, you know, had an up and down career. I understood that why Detroit was making the pick at the time. They didn't, you know, they were sick of seeing Matthew Stafford get killed back there. Uh, yeah, but it, it, it didn't do much good. Uh, but as you guys know, you know, the first thing that you need to do, you know, once you have a quarterback that you believe in, you need to protect him. So I'm going to stay with that same philosophy, but I'm going to go with a different player 
this guy in the original 2016 draft fell to the New England Patriots in the third round. Uh, but he has been one of the a, a very quiet but dominant interior lineman uh, who just recently got a big contract. And I'm going to go Joe Thune. Oh, Ooh. I had him on my list, no. too. How did I That's not pick one. them? Gosh, that is a good one, Joe Thune. And that yes. was to the Lions. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. All right, I, I like that, that pick. All right, so uh, I'm picking for our, our arch rivals, the Atlanta Falcons. So I'm going to pick. Um, oh, pick Laquan Treadwell. Christian <laughs> Hackenberg. <laughs> yeah. Christian Hackenberg. No. Uh, <laughs> look, look, exactly. Treadwell was a top pick here. What should we saddle them? No. Um, I'm actually going to try to stick with their pick. Not their pick, the player, but the position. This was the safety I was looking for, and I couldn't find his because I can't read my own handwriting. I had an A, and it didn't have an A in it, and I was trying to search it. Kevin Byard, 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 the Tennessee Titans safety. Yeah. Uh, They picked uh, Keanu Neal here, who's uh, played in 49 games so far in his career. Kevin Bayard or Bayard, and tell me how you say it. Someone tell me how you say it. Bayard, yeah. Bayard. Yeah, I can pronounce it Bayard too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Kevin Bayard has played in 80 games and has had 18 interceptions. So uh, I'll take that production at safety over Keanu Neal, who I believe is still looking for a home. Is he still looking for a home, Keanu Neal, or has he got a team right now? He's in Dallas, and uh, word out of okay. Dallas is they're going to move him to a nickel linebacker. Uh, which sort of fits his skill set. Uh, yeah, Neil missed, I think, all of his first two, maybe even three seasons with injury. Yeah, uh, and, you know, he was he was not yeah, not very strong in coverage in the first place. Uh, but all of those injuries were either Achilles or knee. Uh, yeah, so he significantly slowed down as a hitter and a tackler. He's a thumper, uh, but he's a guy you do not want on a receiver in coverage. So I think if Dallas is going to try him out at uh, at a nickel linebacker. Uh, that's probably the best spot for him. All right, you're up, Cody Lashney. Uh, next on the board is Indianapolis at 18. Uh, they picked uh, a center at Ryan Kelly, who has played in 66 games and I believe has been a big part, or at least on uh, the story that I know about Indianapolis as a that they have been rebuilding that offensive line ever since luck got destroyed. And maybe this is one of those important picks in that process, right? The kind of the foreshadowing of that rebuild. What do you think about Ryan Kelly at center uh, at 18 by the Indianapolis Colts, a center at 18. You had some, uh, this is a little rich if you're going by the metrics. Well, look at it this way. We're doing a redraft. So the whole point of this is drafting this this 2016 draft based on what we know now. This pick would not have made sense at the time at <laughs> all. all right. But I'm doing a similar thing in the vein to the first pick in having them pick the player that would ultimately end up being on that team anyway. So... With the 18th pick in the in, in the 2016 NFL draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Carson Wentz. Ooh, the team that owns him now. Yeah. Wow, I like that. Uh, 
When did Luck get? Was he done by twenty six? When 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 did it? No, when did Luck? It must have been 2017, 2016. It was right around that time because he played Cam in that 2015 year. I thought Luck stepped away just before training camp in 17, but I could be wrong. Okay. All right, so the next year they're looking for a quarterback. All right, does that put me up next, and that is picking for Buffalo? Yeah, Buffalo. Dude, you know what? I'm going to give them their own pick. I'm giving Jack the guy Lawson. that they pay, Shaq Lawson, man. Or AKA Sack of Shaq, AKA Sack Daddy. Uh, he's had 20 sacks. He is now with Miami. He's been, what is that, a trade or a uh, free agency? I don't know. Uh, he's played in, ooh, actually, no, he only started, he did not play in 2019. Man, why has he not been playing games? Who, uh, Shaq? Yeah. Uh, Has he not been good? Well, he played for Buffalo. Uh, Now I believe he plays for game started. Look at the game started on this. This can't be right. He only started uh, 24 games in his career. Look at this this salty South Carolina fan shit in the chat room. So I can't pick him. So he's not any good. He doesn't even start any games. No, I know who I'd pick right there. Hold on. Hold on. Let me give you somebody else. Let me give you somebody else. What we said, we like uh, what they need at this time. What did they need at this time? (laughs) Probably Mm. everything. I'm going to go McKenzie Alexander. Kenzie okay, Alexander, give them a uh, give them some help in the secondary. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Ooh, um, ooh. Nope, nope. Can I change it? You already changed it twice, so what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Right. James Bradbury. James Bradbury. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, that's, a, right. that's a good pick. I, I've been watching. Uh, I, I've been looking at him and. Uh, What's his name? Uh, William Jackson, who ended up going uh, you know, to the 22nd in this draft uh, to the Bengals. Uh, yeah, so they, they were definitely two top corners left on the board there. James yeah. Bradbury is now in uh, New York, who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers at the time. The Carolina Panthers, if you guys remember, in 2016, rescinded Josh Norman's franchise tag right before the NFL draft. And Dave Gettleman, this is the beginning of the end for Dave Gettleman, not because of Josh Norman, but because he went against Dave Gettleman is one of those guys who says, do what I say, not what I do. Right. Uh, type of thing. Cause he always told us that you use free agency to set up the NFL draft. Right. So you don't pigeonhole yourself in the draft to having to pick a specific player at a specific moment. The right. Carolina Panthers and this was a strange draft for the Carolina Panthers. They picked Vernon Butler, who is now with Buffalo, interestingly. I'm making the Buffalo pick right now. Vernon Butler, who's now with Buffalo, who was used as leverage against Star and KK in the contract, who Star is with Buffalo, another yeah. kind of component to this. And then he proceeded to pick three corners in a row after that. James Bradbury, Daryl Worley, and... Zach Sanchez were three out of his next four picks. James Bramberry, a guy out of a little school. Where where was he from again? Like Arkansas State. Oh, Samford. Samford. 
Yeah. Yes. Um, was asked to do a lot in Carolina, and I would say played very well in Carolina under some very difficult circumstances, then moved on to New York and has flourished. So my pick's James Bradbury. He was always decent for us, and then I think you could probably make the argument that in his short time uh, up in New York, he's probably been better there than his entire tenure uh, here with us, which is par for the course and sad and a bunch of other things. Uh, (laughs) So I'm on the clock with the New York Jets. Um, They took Darren Lee, linebacker. I'm tempted to take the next best linebacker in this draft, which in my opinion is Joe Schobert, who went in the third round to fourth, um, fourth round, uh, 99th overall. Just just rolled across his name. But thinking about who is on the board for them right now, um, I am going to go Ronnie Stanley because we never picked him yet, did we? You're right. You're right. We haven't. Ronnie Stanley. All right, um, you're on the clock, Bob. We're doing all 31. On... Let's just try to bust through them real quick. Well, can we real quick? I, I don't know if we're going to This is the whole show. The only is thing it. is I don't know if there's going to be enough good players for any of those to <laughs> to make sense. <laughs> like, Oh, no, I got it. I got it. I mean, we're going to do some of uh, your right to make sense. All right, who's next? Yeah. Uh, what are we at? Is the, uh, we're next at Houston here. Texans. Texans. Now, by that point, they had Deshaun, right? Or did Deshaun come along and? No, Deshaun was in two thousand and seventeen. Okay, uh, so at this point, the Houston Texans need a quarterback. Uh, you know, now, there's nobody in this draft period, and certainly nobody left on our board at this point that's nearly as good as uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, but if I need a quarterback and I have to grab one here. Uh, I got to go Jared Goff. I got to put him in a All Houston right. Texans jersey, yeah. let him get beat around a little bit. Yeah. The Texans picked Will Fuller right here. The only wide receiver to go ahead of him was Corey Coleman. Don't forget Tyreek Hill was picked uh, number two overall. Sterling Shepard is out there as a wide receiver. I don't Solid. know if there's any other... Any other great wide receivers out there in this draft that people missed on? I don't know. Uh, There's one more uh, receiver, really. Who's up now? Um, Washington football team, Josh Doxson, wide receiver, but total bust for Washington football team and their wide receivers is a sad, sad story. It's about as sad as Carolina's until we had DJ Moore again. But tell us, uh, who's up? Is it me or you, Cody? Um, I believe it's I did the Jets. Yeah, so I'm on Washington they, football. Team. Yeah, you're Washington. I'm gonna give them all right. So we'll give Ron Rivera Mackenzie Alexander. I gotta I mean, yeah, I said his name last time. Is like yeah, that's that my name time on the it's, list. Uh Gruden, right? The younger uh, Gruden. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh next on the clock is Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so how about this? They get to go Ezekiel Elliott. No one's picked Zeke yet? No one's picked Zeke yet. So, yeah, they get to, for at least a moment in time, 
have a yeah. one-two punch of Adrian Peterson and uh, and Ezekiel Elliott. So All right, uh, you're up, Bob Rose. Who's uh, the next? The Bengals. Uh, the Bengals. All right. Bengals' original pick was William Jackson. Um, while I like that pick and I like Jackson, the player, I'm going to go offensive help here. I'm going to try to prolong Andy Dalton's career in Cincinnati. Uh, they had some very talented wide receivers at the time. Uh, you know, A.J. Green was still at the top of his game, for instance, uh, but their tight ends were all banged up. Uh, and I see Hunter Henry is still on this board, and I think he would look really pretty in a Bengals offense. So I'll go Hunter, Hunter Henry. Hmm. Um, I like that. You know, I had him on my list. I got one other tight end. Um, I'm going to go this next. I'm going to pick, and I don't know if it's the best fit for the – it's me, right? Yep. All right. Uh, Pittsburgh picked Artie Burns. Yeah. What's his story been like? Um, trap. Yeah. yeah, not okay. much. Uh, I'm going to go. I don't know how he would fit in the scheme exactly, but I'm going to go with the Nigerian nightmare, Emmanuel Agba. Oh, all right. All right. All right. He has played in 66 games. He now plays. He was uh, originally uh, picked by Cleveland. He played a season with um, Kansas City. He has, and a lot of this is just based off of statistics alone that I'm trying to make my pick at. Where was it? I think he had twenty. He's had 27 sacks over those times. I mean, not, not terrible. He was actually picked number 32 overall. He's had 27 sacks. Uh, so that's my pick right there. Next. All right. Uh, it's the Denver Broncos, and they are selecting Miles Jack, linebacker okay. out of UCLA. Oh, that's a good You pick. should have given them Carson Wentz, bro. Give them their quarterback, man. Um, all right, that puts Bob Bros at Green Bay up here. Carson Wentz went to Indy already. He's off the board. Oh, you're no oh you're right. You're right. Yeah, man. My... Oh, I know who I'm gonna give them. You go ahead, sir. Bob Bros. Green Bay Packers. I Green cannot Bay Packers. Give them a wide mind. receiver. Oh, you can't. There's nobody in this draft. Uh, Will Fuller's left. I'm tempted to piss off Aaron Rodgers three years early and draft Christian Hackenberg here. He <laughs> <laughs> would have won the Super Bowl then. Yeah. Um, but I, I just saw a name that jumped off the chart. I cannot believe that we have all overlooked him because he gives our all of our teams nightmares. Linebacker, Deion Jones. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that name. Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. I saw that name, and I keep on forgetting about him. All right, that's uh, who's up now? San Francisco is it? Uh, so it's my pick. They picked a guard, Joshua Garnett, Garnett, Garn, Garnett, and uh, Garnett. If it has one in, is it Garnett? Garnett. Uh, that is, he's played in twenty-five games. Does not seem like this is a good pick for them. Um, probably not. No. So Hunter Henry's off the board. I'm going to give him Austin Hooper. Okay. Austin uh, Hooper. That leaves uh, Robert uh, Mdichie. You say it, Cody. Robert Kemdichie. Kemdichie? Yeah, I remember him. Went to Ole Miss. 
At one point, he was supposed to go to Clemson, then Ole Miss paid him a bunch of money. We're positive. <laughs> He's with um, uh, the Seattle Seahawks right now. Is this my and pick? He has not done anything, it looks like. Is this my pick? His name, his nick. Yes, it's your pick name. It's your pick. His nicknames are Hollywood, Porkchop, and Hulk. I'm going to give them. Uh, this guy didn't really turn out to be all that great, I don't think, but I do believe he was better than Kim DG. So I'm going to give them Noah Spence. Okay. Uh, that leaves, uh, Bob at, where are we at? We're getting close. Third. Uh, He's picking for the, the you're picking for the Carolina Panthers. You can pick Uh, Vernon Butler. You could pick uh, Justin Burris, who is now on our team. Don't do that. <laughs> um, uh, who would we pick? And you know, who would like we pick that's left? We have the whole. Think about this. We have the entire draft to think about, not just the first round. At this point, we could think about any single player that is left. And you are searching and searching. Maybe this tells us something about this class or about how hard it is to hit in the draft. Oh, okay, I know who I'd pick, but I want to see who, who Bob says. Bo um, Sandlin, that's like, who we picked it. I like the Vernon Butler pick at the time. Uh, I'm looking at two Alabama defensive linemen that went off in the second round, uh, A. Sean Robinson and Jaron Reed. But I'd go, I'm going to go secondary with you guys, and I'm going to take Von Bell off the board. And give them to you. All I think right. Vernon has been an extremely underrated safety throughout his career. Okay, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. All right. Uh, is this uh, is this my pick? Yes. So I'm just uh, gonna, last I'm, pick. This is the last pick of the draft, 31, because it looks like there's this was part of a trade. Seattle must have traded. They picked. Uh, you can say it, Jermaine uh, Fetty. Yeah, Jermaine Fetty. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah, because that should have been, been yeah, that should have been the Broncos, but they traded up to get Lynch. Um, so I'm actually going to pick who I would have picked for the Panthers if I could have had that selection. I'm picking Cody Whitehair, guard from Kansas State, who I believe is still a starter for the Chicago Bears. Mm, did you day. see their offensive line last year? Ugh. Yeah, I mean he's he would have fit right in in Carolina. He would have fit. Did you see our offensive line last year? Yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't too. It much wasn't better. horrible. It was better than theirs. It was better than theirs. All right, that is the C three twenty sixteen redraft. Finally, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was going to take so long. I thought it would go faster. Um, now let's uh, bring in, not bring in, he's been here, Bob Rose, uh, to tell, help us as we continue our journey through the Carolina Panthers 2021 schedule. What we're doing is we're getting a guest on each week from a team that we're playing this year. And obviously we start with the NFC South since we're going to play those teams. We've done Atlanta now, we've done Tampa Bay, and now it's time for New Orleans. Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. This is my just welcome. You've been here the whole time. <laughs> Ultimately, Bob, tell us what the heck do you think about the offseason so far in the draft? You you take the mic. Uh, you mean in the NFC South in general or for my crew? 
No, for your for your team, what have you thought about the New Orleans Saints? We want to learn about the New Orleans Saints free agency period and NFL draft and your thoughts on it. Okay. Uh, and yeah, hey, Tony, Cody, it's so good to see you guys again. Uh, I saw you briefly on draft night when I was crying about our draft pick. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love what you guys do. Uh, you, you're, uh, you're like family to me. Um, so I yeah, cer- certainly missed you. I uh, hope everybody's doing well. But listen, back, man. New Orleans Saints, it, they've had a quiet offseason. Uh, and I know a lot of the people in our fan base are, uh, are, are angry uh, at a lot of the personnel losses. But look, th- this was coming. Uh, and, you know, if you look on the uh, on the surface, yeah, the Saints lost some big names. Uh, I mean, obviously, Drew Brees' retirement, you know, that, that's going to be the main storyline and who's going to replace Brees, uh, you know, whether it's going to be Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. Uh, uh, it's going to be Jameis Winston, by the way. But you got guys like Juan Alexander gone, J- uh, Janoris Jenkins gone, uh, Thomas Morstead, you know, it just you know, faces and names – that have become synonymous with the New Orleans Saints throughout their careers. But you look at the surface and what the Saints actually were managed and managed to do, despite all those salary cap woes, they re-signed Winston. They kept Ty Montgomery. They brought back James Hurst, who was a starting caliber uh, number six offensive lineman. Uh, and they brought in Tanoa Passanio, uh, who I think is an underrated defensive end from Kansas City, to replace the loss of Trey Hendrickson. Uh, and then in the draft, yeah, I know what I said about Peyton Turner the night that it happened uh, and, and dropping F-bombs on air and off air. Uh, but the more I watch this kid, the more film I see, the, the better I like him as a player. I still wish the Saints would have addressed cornerback much earlier than what they did. They ended up grabbing Paulson Adebo out of Stanford with a third-round pick. Uh, and Adebo, I think, is a player. Uh, but if the Saints can hit on their first top three draft choices, Peyton Turner, the edge rusher out of Houston, linebacker Pete Werner from Ohio State, who I think is a day one starter, and if Paulson Adebo uh, can work his way into a, the starting lineup relatively quickly, then I think that this team actually had a good offseason. Now, the elephant in the room, quarterback position. Like I said, I don't, I don't see any way Jameis Winston doesn't win the job. I just think he's better for the Saints offense. As long as he can cure his turnover problems, we know he's a productive passer. You know, he, he has torched both of our teams, you know, throughout his Tampa Bay career. But at the same time, he's given away a lot of games in his career too. So, I, you know, you have to be curious which Jameis Winston that Sean Payton is going to get. But I look at it this way. Jameis is still a young guy. He's 27 years old. Uh, you know, we know his physical talents are off the chart. And at this point in his career, in his life, if you can't learn from a year with under Drew Brees and a year under Sean Payton, then you got to get on with your uh, with your next line of work, brother, because you, know, you you're not cut out to hack at the NFL. You know, so I think you'll James, be eating L's. You're eating L's at that point, yeah. not W's. Yeah, uh, you know, so I I do think that we're going to be in for a big year from Jameis. Yeah, he's going to turn the ball over, but I don't think at the same rate that he did in Tampa Bay. Because remember, he didn't have a running game, consistent running game in Tampa Bay. He didn't have a defense like Tom Brady had with the Buccaneers last year. And he didn't have an offensive line that that could protect him. He has all three of those things in New Orleans. He's not going to have to win games by himself. 
So if this team can stay healthy, knock on wood, because that gap took a major hit this offseason. And if Paulson Adiba works out at cornerback or they manage to bring in another veteran that's still on the free agent market, a guy like Richard Sherman or Gary on Conley or Drake Kirkpatrick uh, to compliment Marshawn Lattimore. I still think that this New Orleans Saints team is a playoff team and with great quarterback play, still a dark horse Super Bowl contender. So I agree with pretty much everything you just said. I think that if Jameis is ever going to realize his potential, I mean, he's at the right spot to do it. You know, I mean, I think that the New Orleans Saints are responsible for brainwashing the NFL, including my Panthers, into believing that Teddy Bridgewater is a starting <laughs> caliber quarterback. Nah, and, that's, and that's not even the Saints, possible. bro. That was just stupid by the Panthers. Five games, he Dude, did it's nothing. It's only possible no. if you have that Saints offensive line and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. The Saints brainwashed the NFL. And, the and defense they brainwashed their defense. Nah, like, man, there was no, it was a bad move in the beginning. No doubt. No doubt. But. My, but do not backtrack, Cody. You better stand on your hill hey, at this moment. You better die on your Taysom Hill. Do it, Cody. Oh, we're going to talk about Taysom Hill, but there's one thing I want to talk about that I feel like is even more pressing, and I want to get Bob's take on it. So all of the rumor mill says that the Panthers stole the Saints' preferred draft pick not once, but twice. And that the Saints really loved the idea of keeping the bloodline pure and going get J.C. Horn and bringing them home like, like they had with his father. And then I also heard that the Saints were very high on one Terrace Marshall Jr. And the Panthers kind of swooped in and grabbed both of them. So, Bob, what can you tell us? from the Saints fan perspective, what you know about this. And do you think that it's likely true that the Saints were indeed targeting the Panthers first and second round picks? Well, um, first of all, personally, J.C. Horn was my favorite uh, defensive player in the draft period, let alone cornerback. Uh, and I was advocating Same. a move up for him uh, you know, since like February. Uh, you know, so you got you guys got yourself a heck of a player, heck of an ego too, but a heck of a player. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, this is this is from more than just a fan's perspective. This is from what I know about a media perspective. We know that the Saints were trying very hard to move up into the top ten, and everything that we heard was that if they did, they were targeting J.C. Horn. Yeah, there was some mumblings about a quarterback. Not many of us believe that. Uh, the, everything that we heard was that they were uh, trying really hard to move up into the top 10. The asking price was a total of three first rounders, which was just a little bit too rich. They were offering two firsts and a second uh, maximum. Uh, you know, with uh, I think it was Detroit uh, was a lot of the, what we were hearing, um, which would have been just that pick ahead of you guys, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, they were targeting J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn was going to be a New Orleans Saint. Uh, and I'm not going to say that Sean Payton panicked after that happened because you knew Horn was going to come off the board real quick. That's why New Orleans was going to move into the top 10 period. Uh, yeah. Once they weren't able to get JC, they stuck to their draft board, like black and white, every single round. Uh, you know, 
the, the Saints have been all, uh, always been predictable in their unpredictability. Uh, and Sean Payton has always had a dark cloak over what his personal draft board is. But yeah, J.C. Horn was going to be a Saint if the uh, if New Orleans was able to move in uh, to the top ten. Now, as far as Paris Marshall, word is all over the board. We know that they liked him. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we also know that Sean Payton usually steers way clear of LSU players for whatever reason. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we know that they like Marshall. And he went, what, 59th overall? Uh, After we, round, we traded back. We yeah, had we traded, traded back. Down, right down, like twice at that point, I think, for, for dealing with yeah. injury, you know, coming off an of injury. Um, but reunited. Reunited. Mm-hmm. With uh, and it feels so good with Joe Brady. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah, frankly, that that pick for you guys, considering you already had. I know you lost Curtis Samuel, but you already had Robbie Anderson and you know, DJ Moore, who I love. Uh, yeah, so it raised a little bit of an eyebrow for me. But I think Terrace is going to be a good player for you. Uh, personally, I don't think the Saints would have grabbed Marshall uh, unless he fell all the way to them. Uh, maybe the Panthers did jump ahead of the Saints uh, you know, for the specific purpose that they thought that New Orleans was going to grab Marshall. But the fact that New Orleans didn't even address the wide receiver position until the seventh round when they picked up K1 Baker from South Alabama, uh, yeah, that, that tells me that maybe Peyton wasn't as in love with Paris Marshall or a wide receiver period that early in the draft. Because, you know, since they drafted Peyton Turner with their first-round pick, they still had huge holes at linebacker and cornerback. So uh, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of us figured that with you know, the second and third rounders that they would address cornerback and linebacker in some order. So I'm not sure that if Marshall was still on the board uh, at 62 uh, or wherever the Saints grabbed Pete Werner, uh, I think they might have went Pete Werner anyway because, again, try, Sean Payton, as it turned out, Sean Payton had a specific draft board, and he was sticking to it the whole way through. That that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I think uh, it's funny that you say that because I feel like in the NFC South, we all have this thing going where it's like the 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 Saints they never draft LSU players for some reason. the The Falcons never draft Georgia Bulldog players. Right. And, the and the Panthers never draft Clemson players. Clemson players never. I, dude, I don't know. I, I I don't know what it is. That's that's a crazy thing. I realized as you just uh, as you just said it. But yeah, I, regardless of whatever is true, I just want you to know in my heart, the the truth is we stole two draft picks away from Sean Payton, and you can't tell me different. I'm sorry. Well, look, I, I know it's one for sure. And I know that Terrace Marshall would have been an instant fit in Sean Payton's offense if he would have went to New Orleans in the second round. Uh, There's zero chance that I'm ever going to argue that the Panthers stole stole Warren away from New Orleans. And it's hard to make an argument that the Panthers didn't steal Marshall, too. Yeah. Well, you know what? This was all just part of our plan to pay you back for Tommy Stevenson. Is that, what was that dude's name? Yeah, the Tommy Tommy is that it? Did I get it right? And how do I, I never know. remember anybody's name? But that's the fucking name I get right. How? <laughs> how is that possible? 
Bob, uh, the pressure has been on the Saints for a while now, right? Is that the you know, NFC championships, right? Back uh, multiple. Have you guys been back to back? You guys won back to back three. How, how many times did you win the South? Four, Four times three. in a row. Yes, sir. Oh God! So you eclipsed us. Yeah, we we had our, what we do. We did three. We had yeah. three back to back, and one of those included a seven, eight and one season or something <laughs> yeah. like that to that effect. But uh, hey, we'll still take that division title. And look, Ron Rivera knows how to do that still, as he went and did it with the Washington football team this past year. But Unreal, the pressure man. has really been the pressure, and what I mean by that is the pressure of the expectations has been there. Drew Brees, the giant, you know, great quarterback, this kind of aura over everything. Um, and really a team that's been very talented behind him yeah. at this point is that um, and a team that in some ways is so different, has been so different from the Saints. When I picture the Saints, I don't think of what you guys – it's almost hard for me to respect the team that you've been for the last four years. Not respect. It's not respect, but, like, to really believe it. Like, because we come in with biases. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have these biases. And for me, it's just like, oh, here comes Drew Brees in this offense that's going to throw 90 million passes and 90 million touchdowns and this and that. But, no, it's actually been a far more balanced team over the past five years of – it started on the offensive line. It start. It, it got even better with your defense. That has really been a important story to this team. Then you get these exciting, exciting players like Kamara, Michael Thomas. Everybody has mixed opinions on him and whatever. But still, all of this talent, all this expectations, like you said, four NFC South championships in a row. How does it feel to not have that pressure? Or is is the pressure not there? Is there a sort of what is the expectation? I guess how do you feel? Is that are you like in the trade winds of Drew Brees? How do you feel as a fan? I, look, as a fan, I still have high expectations of this team. I, I, as I said at the beginning of the segment, I still think that it's a playoff team, uh, and you know, with a little bit of a stretch, uh, a, a legitimate dark horse Super Bowl contender. Yeah, yeah, they shouldn't be considered among the favorites, Super Bowl favorites like they have been in the last two or three years. Uh, yeah, but in my opinion, talent-wise, they're that they're still that next tier down. Uh, but you're talking about replacing how much them. how much better are they positioned than the Carolina Panthers or are they? Like, I mean, I, should we feel like we're like one tier below that two tiers where do you man and i don't mean to take you off the conversation but ultimately no that's okay uh in my opinion obviously i cover the team i've been a fan of the team ever since i was little so yeah this is a little bit of a homer thinking but i still think the saints have as much talent from top to bottom on both sides of the ball as anybody in professional football the depth took a hit, and there's some question marks at different positions. Uh, and I think uh, to, to compare them to the Carolina Panthers, I love what the Panthers did in the offseason, especially the draft. Uh, and, you know, they have some very talented players in place already, uh, you know, that are near the top of their respective position groups. But I don't think they're quite there yet. Uh, I still think that Tampa and New Orleans are the class of the division, uh, you know, with you – know, 
Carolina, in my opinion, is a dark horse playoff contender this year. Uh, you know, they're going to need nothing personal, but I still hate your quarterback. I don't think Sam Darnold is the answer. Uh, probably closer to the answer that Teddy Bridgewater was. Uh, but with the offensive pieces in place and a young, aggressive defense that played far better at the end of the season for you guys, as we expected them to, uh, yeah, I, I, I think if those pieces come together quickly, that we could see this team strongly contend for a wild card spot. And if Tampa gets old quickly or New Orleans stumbles and has some injury problems, you could even see Carolina overtake one or two, uh, one or both of those teams. Bob, is it fair to say that we're both kind of in a similar position and that most of our season, uh, you know, the Panthers and the Saints, if you look up and down the roster, there's a lot of talent on both sides of the football. I, I mean, these are not rebuilding teams, especially not not the Saints. Um, but uh, I also feel like the one commonality that we share is that both of our team's success is predicated upon whether or not a once-upon-a-time highly drafted quarterback can realize their true potential that they failed to meet in their original draft home. This is why they love Cody. This is why they – you cannot have said it better than that, dude. Jameis Winston didn't didn't live up to his – Write that article, Bob. Go write that article right now and cite Cody Lashney. Also, and and, and to to take it even further, Jameis uh, was in a a, a scenario with a revolving door in Tampa Bay of offensive coordinators and coaches, and now – he gets to go and be with Sean Payton, one of the best offensive lines in all of football. Then to kind of mirror that, Sam Darnold was stuck with Adam Case of all people. And then now he gets to pair himself with Matt Rule and Joe Brady. It's like it's two quarterbacks with a ton of potential that now are in a situation to finally realize that potential. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Oh, that's dead on, Cody. Uh, you know, they, these guys are mirror images of each other. Uh, is Sam Darnold? Is Sam Darnold never had a Christian McCaffrey? He never had a DJ Moore. Uh, he had Robbie Anderson, but Robbie Anderson was used ineffectually, uh, ineffectively, uh, you know, with a trash New York Jets organization. Jameis Winston never had an Alvin Kamara. He never had an offensive line. He never had a Michael. Well. No, he never had a Michael Thomas, but he did he have a talent. He didn't have he wasn't around bums. I think I don't know if it's a mirror image of each other, but I would call it a metaphorical mirror like of what it is. You know what I'm saying? Is that these are two players of again, like Cody said, top, top draft stock. Jameis Winston had real success in the NFL. Sam Darnold has yet to really right. capitalize on that, right? But again, and like you are, you have both of them are sort of coming. Sam Darnold coming out of a more unstable, and unstable is a nice word of describing Adam Gase's Jets. You know, like that's me being politically correct out of that dumpster fire. Jameis Winston was never in a disaster of a situation, like complete disaster. Like, I mean, is that they weren't awfully coached ever. You know, is that he just threw, even when the Arians came in, he still threw 40. Yeah. Wait, wait, what, he threw 50 and 50? 50, 50, had, uh, had 50 touchdowns or whatever he did. They like, had weapons, but they couldn't protect him. 
And I feel like they have a defense. They didn't have the total thing is that Jameis Winston's leap to the next phase, like his going from a bad situation to a better situation is a smaller step than Sam Darnold's. But metaphorically, it's very similar. And Bob, like I both think of these would, people hinge on that. And Bob, I think you would probably agree that one of the things that we're seeing now that's blatantly obvious that so much of a player's success is where they go to, where they're drafted and the continuity of the coaching staff. Like, if you're a coach, you can have all the best players around you, but if you have a revolving door of coaches and schemes, like, you're just kind of dead on arrival, just kind of winging it out there. And the fact that Jameis had LASIK surgery, and, like, his eyes uh, Now he like, can see? Yeah, he, he was, like, see? blind as a bat in Tampa Bay, but, like, now he's like, Oh, dude, I can read signs now. It's awesome. Have you ever seen those? Uh, and these are the most, tu- to me, they're very touching. So I'm not trying to make fun of it. I'm trying to actually say how awesome it is. But these people, that these kids that have been colorblind their whole life, and they give them those special glasses that allow them to see color, and they're like, I feel like that's going to be James. It could be James Winston on the field. Like, we should give him those glasses. He's got Lasix. I'm worried. I am worried. You know what? Last year, he did talk about that kind of thing. You know, just the massive difference. Uh, and, you know, I, I can't pretend to know what it's like. I mean, you know, my, my vision is poor, but I'm also, I'm also not expected to be an NFL quarterback and the rest of my body's breaking right along down with my, uh, with my vision. It's not your um, eyes that you would fix first. <laughs> I did not, no, not my eyes that I would fix first. <laughs> down, down on the list a little bit, but <clears throat> hey, you, you guys are right. Jameis did have the receiving talent in Tampa. I mean, he had Bray and OJ Howard at tight end, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin uh, at wide receiver, Sean Jackson too, I think for a couple of years. But he didn't have an offensive line that could keep him upright. He had a constantly changing offensive scheme, uh, and uh, and I forget which uh, which one of your which one of your viewers I just saw it scroll across the bottom of the screen. Uh, yeah, that the Saints and Panthers have the same basic offensive concepts now. Uh, yeah. you know, with oh, that's a great yeah great point right there. Yeah, switch ninety four. Right? This one right yeah. here. Yeah, that's who it was. Um, and yeah, you know, and, and as a result, you know, Darn was going to have McCaffrey. Uh, Winston's going to have Kamara. Uh, they both have you know, tremendous receiving cores. I think Deontay Harris for the Saints is going to be in for a huge year. Uh, and Marquez Cal Marquez Callaway, I expect to make a big jump. And you got Michael Thomas back healthy. Uh, you know, Darnold has DJ Moore and you know Robbie Anderson. Now Terrace Marshall. Question is, can they protect him? Will it take Darnold a year to get out of his head? Uh, you know, it, I think these young quarterbacks, and you kind of touched on it, Cody. Uh, you know, if you're in, if a young quarterback is in the wrong system and he finally gets out, I think it's fair to say that it could take a year to recover from that PTSD. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, you're not only learning a new offensive system. And James I hope it takes out. less than a year because Sam Darnold needs to do it now. <laughs> I, I know. I, I know. But uh, Darnold is also going to have what Jameis didn't have last year. Jameis did not have the benefit of a preseason and a full offseason to learn one of the com- most complicated offenses in the NFL. He's had Jameis has now had a full year to digest that system, which I think is one of many things that give him a distinct advantage 
over Taysom in this quarterback battle. Darnold is at least going to have a few preseason games to get his feet wet. And unlike Jameis, you know, Jameis is, again, going to be in for a legitimate quarterback battle, at least early on. This is Darnold's job. Unquestioned. It was as soon as he stepped off of the plane in Charlotte. So everything is given to him right off of the bat. I still think he's going to struggle early, but if he's not playing far better football than he has ever played in his career by the end of the year, then, like I said, with Jameis, maybe it's time for Sam Darnold to move on to his next profession too. So, listen, I know what what, what Tony is is dying for me to, to talk about. So I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to talk about Taysom Hill, man. Because, okay. you know, and like you just mentioned it, and you even said yourself, like, you envision early on that there is going to be some form of quarterback competition. There's some form of evaluation going on there where Sean Payton's like, well, okay. I mean, I mean, Sean Payton has made it known that he mm-hmm. thinks he has the next Steve Young, right? And, again, like, part of it is, well, does, does Sean Payton believe this? Is this just mouth service? Is this something – that he thinks his ego can undertake this kind of, you know, uh, conversion prospect of a Swiss Army knife into a full-time NFL quarterback. My thing is this, right? I look at Taysom Hill, and I said this last year. If you look at what the modern NFL quarterback is built like and what they're required to do, Taysom Hill checks a ton of the boxes oh man he's, he looks great in a uniform dude, bro. Listen, he looks great in a uniform he runs a legit 4-4 yeah he does he does have a big arm he yeah. runs he runs like a running back he's been in the system a while so he's been around drew Brees and he's been around sean payton i need you to tell me because tony loves to make fun of my ass about uh, about thinking that sean payton might actually have something and, and Taysom Hill being a good quarterback. But what do you think? Like, what is the actual chances that, one, Taysom Hill becomes a starting NFL quarterback? And number two, if he doesn't, what's preventing him from doing so? Is it accuracy? Is it just not reading the field? Tell me what you think about Taysom Hill. Well, there, and there's so many things to start with. First of all, and I throw out the caveat as this is my own personal opinion, but I said it in an interview the other day. If I'm an NFL head coach, I would love to have 52 Taysom Hills on my team. <laughs> yeah. I say 52 because the 53rd, I want to be a real NFL quarterback. <laughs> Damn! I thought I was like, you know what? You're gonna have, still gonna have a sorry ass team, bro. <laughs> Taysom's effort is off the chart. He's a great football player. He's a great guy, but he's he Mormon. Duh! He can't be bad. He can't be a bad person. He's a Mormon. He's got magic underwear, right? Um, I I continue to have doubts about Taysom's accuracy. He did say I, I I will be the first to admit he pleasantly surprised me. Uh, you know during two of his uh you know four starts last year, two and a half of his four starts, uh, uh with his pocket presence. But I just I don't think he reads the field well. 
and he has been given fair auditions. Two different preseasons, he had a legitimate chance to unseat McCown first uh, and then hold off. The, you know, the, the Saints made the trade for Teddy Bridgewater you know, three years ago because they knew Taysom Hill could not be a legitimate long-term backup if something happened to True Brees. Black and white, that's why. That's why they made the move for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, Sean, Sean Payton is loyal to the players that he loves, and he certainly loves Taysom Hill. Uh, so in hindsight, it shouldn't have been a – it was to me at the time, but it shouldn't have been a surprise that Taysom Hill got the nod over Jameis Winston when Brees went down last year. A, Sean you – know, uh, there was undoubtedly a back backdoor promise, backroom promise to Taysom saying, I'm going to give you a shot uh, if Drew goes down. Drew went down. He got his shot. He got his audition. But when you look back at those Saints games, those four games that Breeze was out and Taysom started, yeah, they won three of them. And it's not that Taysom played badly, but you need to look closer at that offense, and it was extremely limited. And you can only go so far into saying, you know, that you know, well, Taysom has played so many different positions. Yeah, that's part of it. But he'd also had three years, three plus years, to digest the system to run it in practice, to run it in tr training camps, and to run it in two previous preseason. And the offense was still limited. Alvin Kamara disappeared as a wide receiver. And that's like cutting off your left arm and saying, I can beat you in a one-arm fight. You need Kamara. Kamara is as deadly as a receiving back as has ever played national uh, in the National Football League. He gives nightmares, not just because of his running. Ability. I mean, that's a little bit much. I mean, Marshall Falk, Marshall Falk, come on. He's definitely he's. I I I I'll agree with Bob to an extent. I think Decency guys like right here. Guys like no guys like, like Alvin, Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey are this generation's versions of those guys. They're game changers. They're game changers in the day right. and age where the importance is being taken away from the running back position, they have versatile, like they have evolved. They are ultimate pass catchers and runners of the football. Yeah, so I agree. These are weapons. Look, I love Alvin Kamara, Bob, and, uh, and here you'll love this story, is that I play in a 12-team fantasy football keeper league. And we have a um, – you get a salary cap where you can – like if you kept your first-round pick – it costs $20 million and that's your entire salary cap. So the, it's meant to do this is so you draft people and they count, you know, count late and they don't count as much and you can keep more people that way. I drafted Alvin Kamara in the 14th round that year. I kept him every single year. I used him as my starting back his rookie year. Um, and even kept with him through the end, you know, he still had a productive year. Last Was it last year that he had the year before that he had the injury? Yeah. He was still pretty productive. Like it wasn't the worst, but, but you know, is that again, it's just recency. What have you done for me now lately in the NFL? So that's why I don't sleep on Christian McCaffrey folks is oh, all no. of a sudden you're going to say he's going to come back. But what I'm saying is Alvin Kamara, we can only keep a player for five years or four. What at five? It's like there's a max. And this past year was the last year I was able to keep him. So I, I had Alvin Kamara as my 14th 
round pick every year. <laughs> it's like the oh, best year. In my final game, in his final game, uh, on uh, my on the team that has not changed in the name, the name hasn't changed. I mean, I, I like Butker. Is the name of my fantasy football team. Um, Alvin Kamara scored like six touchdowns or whatever in that final game and helped me win my Super Bowl. Joe Riolano, co-founder of the C3 Panthers podcast, my best friend, when we when we were talking about Kamara and McCaffrey in those first two years and people are like comparing them, he always said this is Alvin Kamara's Christian McCaffrey with some ass. <laughs> like he got a, like you know what I'm saying, like he got some ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but still, is that Kamara is and McCaffrey are these? They are these transcendent players, like Cody's talking about, and players that get uh, somehow Kamara still getting slept on in the NFL. And I understand with McCaffrey the injury last year because all fantasy football people do is just look from last year's stats, right? And they say who had the most stats. So I'm looking. I'm I'm expecting McCaffrey to have like a sensational year this year. Kamara mm-hmm. is the shit, dude. I love him, but I do believe Marshall Fox the best pass catching running back, bro. And and, and I, you notice I'm, I'm just picking on you. He's also another important person in my fantasy football life. All this is actually just tied to my fantasy football team. <laughs> um. And you notice my choice of where I said out, you know, Kamara was as good as anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized it's a stretch. Your Falk is a Hall of Fame. No, no, I actually don't think it's, I don't think it's too much of a stretch. I agree. Right. Like, I mean, I think it's a legitimate conversation, man. Yeah. And yeah. And the, the two best backs in the National Football League right now, best all around backs, are in the NSC South. You yeah. Know, with Kamara and McCaffrey. You take them in any order you want, it's 1A and 1B. Would you uh, take Derrick Henry over these cats, though? No, no, not if I want to throw the ball. Uh, yeah, and yeah, this is no because I love Dalvin Cook out of Minnesota too. Those are the four oh, best backs. That's another one. You're right. These are those are the four backs in the NFL. I'm trying to think of anybody else that should contend. Maybe Saquon will come back this year, but. Maybe. hasn't done it yet. He no, still I, hasn't done it on the level that they yeah, have done he has, it. He hasn't for... been healthy, too. And by the way, I yeah. would also pick Kamara and McCaffrey over Derrick Henry just because for longevity's sake, they're going to make you miss. Yeah. Whereas Derrick Henry but see, is I think feel like I, going through you. I think this is that I agree. Like, I want to do all that. I believe all of that. But at some point, Der- we got to give Derrick Henry his fucking due, bro. Dude, he's a beast, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that I, I know that we have all of these arguments. Like, you don't want to pick a running back too high. You don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, all this. But Derrick Henry, he's, he's like the John Henry of football. He's just slamming that fucking sledgehammer. And he breaks these long ass, this big giant man. He's been, yeah. he's been durable. He's been available. He's probably been more available we talk about how everybody I've run into says this. If y'all try to run McCaffrey up the middle again, you're going to be hurt again. You're like, oh, he got hurt one year. This happens to players. Right. You know what I'm saying? If if it continues to happen and deteriorates, then I'll believe that. I don't think he's taken an unnecessary beating. He has played a ton of snaps. Like, mm-hmm. right. But this is the first time in his career he's been hurt. To give Derrick Henry his fucking due, man. Like, I don't want I, – I do like Kamara above him. 
I do like Christian McCaffrey above him because of that versatility, this sort of this home run thing. But Derrick Henry just does it, man. He's been yeah. like, what, two, 2,000 yards? This motherfucker is a beast. I thought he had a good up opportunity to win MVP last year if he was. He has a good I, opportunity I, every year if he keeps yeah. playing like this. And I, I think he should have. Guys, this was the quietest 2,000-yard rushing season in NFL yeah. history. Yeah. Right. You went, like people didn't even know it happened. And, <laughs> and by the way, I think he's the only running back that uh, went for 2,000 yards and didn't win an MVP. Uh Jamal Lewis did it for the Ravens, uh, and I don't think Jamal won MVP. You might want to double check me on that. Yeah, I think he didn't. Uh, but yeah, he I did, think- and and that was in a day where two thousand was like, oh shit, right, right, because yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, another oh, person that won it was another Tennessee cat who went to East Carolina University, my alma mater, in my town that I live in right now. See. CJ2K, Chris Johnson, bro. But I I just don't want – I do understand what people are going to say about Derrick Henry being a little bit more one – a lot more one-dimensional than these guys. But, man, his productivity, there ain't nothing to sneeze at there. So, you know, the Carolina Panthers could have picked him over Vernon Butler. How about that? Think about that. And we needed a running back, bro. We needed a running back. You put Derrick Henry on that Carolina Panthers team, all of a sudden maybe Carol, maybe Cam lives a little another year or two. Maybe he does. And look, I look at Derrick Henry this way. If your team is behind by three touchdowns with 10 minutes left, I want Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey on my team because I can split them out wide or bring them out of the slot. Uh, you know, I, I can move them you know, in motion out of the backfield. I agree. They are still a major factor in the outcome of the game as pass receivers. Derrick Henry at that point, Derrick Henry is probably taken off of the field. I mean, you know, it's not that the guy is a bum as a pass catcher. He is still you know, on swing passes. Do you really want to be the safety or cornerback that comes up and tries to tackle him? Mm-hmm. No. But you know, if, if your team has to throw the ball 50 times to win the game or come back to you know, come from behind to win the game. Derrick Henry is probably sitting on the bench. Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey are not. That's why I give them the nod over Derrick Henry. I saw a question from a uh, someone in the chat earlier. What comes of Michael Thomas's arrest? Uh, well, maybe I know you can to like speculate on the legal thing, but like what do you, what, is it going to be a thing? I think that's actually what the question said. Is it going to be a thing? I think he's already suspended for part of the beginning of the season, but what is the news on Michael Thomas? Wasn't it Michael Thomas they're gonna arrest him? I, I assume you mean they meant Marshawn Lattimore, right? Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Sorry, that is my uh, that was my error, not them. As uh, I told you, I'm bad with names, but somehow oh, no, I remember I that Tommy to Stevenson name. How do I remember? I, I was praying to God you weren't giving me breaking news. I'd have broken. <laughs> <laughs> No, Marshawn Lattimore, though, you, I think you even told me about the original story about the he had some weed in a legal state, should have just been able to say, but then he had a gun that was either stolen or not his or concealed, something like to that effect. It was a reported stolen handgun. Uh, and you know, that, I, that's going to be the bulk of what Marshawn gets charged with. 
Uh, and I, th I think I read that it's going to be a third or maybe a fourth degree misdemeanor, which if they throw the book at him, could actually come with a 90 day jail sentence. Uh, why do you think one? Why do you think have owning a was it his gun that he reported stolen and he had or was it someone else's gun that they reported stolen? He had because I'm starting to think this is that if some if I have a gun that is stolen, I'm trying to kill somebody with it. And um, if my name's not attached with it, like that's kind of the, the question that I want to know is who's fucking gun? Who was it stolen from? It wasn't Marshawn, uh, and I, I forget the person's name who it was stolen from, but basically it was, I think it was a friend or an acquaintance of the crew that he was hanging out with. And I call them crew over uh, over friends because these are wannabe gangbangers. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to be politically incorrect, but Marshawn has been known to hang out with a bad crowd when he goes home to Ohio. Uh, and you know, it, it was just this kind of uh, this kind of crew. Them Ohio kids are tough, ain't they? That's not right. how good it. Um, tough, but no more. Uh, and if you guys ever want to, the, the video is available through the TMZ website. And yeah, you know, man, I don't know. Marshawn couldn't even talk. Uh, yeah, let alone get out of the car. He's fucked up. He's fucked yeah, up. He was, huh? he was bad. And they want um, the weed, probably. Mm -hmm. I think the, <laughs> the, the best case scenario for Marshawn Lattimore is that he's going to be suspended for the first two games of the NFL season. I think that, that's the best case. Uh, the worst case is he gets slapped with like a six-game suspension because there comes you know, a short jail sentence that gets uh, you know, pled down to you know, probation or house arrest or something like that. I don't think Marshawn Lattimore is going to jail. Um, yeah, but I think that there's all kinds of range that this punishment could fall into. But I think the minimum, because let's face it, you know, Goodell hates the New Orleans thing. I don't say that to be a crybaby. It, it, it's fact of the matter. Uh, and because Marshawn has that fleur-de-lis on the side of his helmet, I think if uh, even if most charges get dropped, we're going to see a two-game suspension out of Marsh for Marshawn Lattimore to start the season. And the thing is, he's in a contract year too. So everybody's been asking me, how does that affect his contract status? Uh, yeah, in my opinion, if it's just a slap on the wrist, couple game suspension, and you know, a probation as far as legal issue, it's not going to affect his contract status at all. Uh, yeah, but if a lot worse comes out of this, uh, and we're keeping our fingers crossed as you know, as the summer unfolds, uh, yeah, it could very well affect his contract status. But come 2022, he's still going to be paid uh, you know, among the highest cornerbacks, probably the second highest behind Jalen Ramsey. Uh, in the National Football League, hopefully is with the Saints. Uh, but you know, the New Orleans doesn't doesn't tolerate a lot of troublemakers in Sean Payton's locker room. Uh, you know, so again, if Marshawn keeps his nose clean from here on out, I think this gets swept under the rug after all punishments have been served. Uh, you know, but if he continues to you know, to hang out with that bad crowd and make dumb decisions, uh, yeah, he, he's gonna he's gonna find himself elsewhere uh, other than New Orleans in 2022. Did you think as of right now the New Orleans Saints consider him uh, to be a part of their future plans? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, because they uh, it, they added those you know, the, the Mickey Loomis voidable years, two, two voidable years onto his <laughs> yeah. team. 
uh, to to create some salary cap space. The voodoo uh, years, you and your voodoo fucking magic. <laughs> How are y'all? But are y'all even a below or above? Are y'all below? Are you have you? Are you below the salary cap? Yeah, Saints right now have about six point one million dollars in salary cap. How'd you do it? How'd y'all do it with that black magic? They wished it away. It's a fairy tale number. It doesn't exist. The Loomis years. Is that what you called it? It's that voodoo shit, man. That's voodoo Voodoo shit. Voodoo magic and Al Gore fuzzy math. Uh, And I'm not going (laughs) to pretend to understand it. Uh, but yeah, they. But basically, you love it. You love I that do. mathification, bro. You're like, I like this system. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'll take it. Um, and you know, everybody keeps saying, you know, at, you know, even especially Saints fans, and it gets on my nerves. Oh, you know, we can't afford this player, and we can't afford that. Have you not been paying attention the last eight years? If the Saints want somebody, they'll figure out the mathematics. Uh, yeah, and as far as you know, well, you Jarris Bird. Thinking, Y'all remember Jarris Bird? Yeah. Uh, I wanted that, that he ended up coming. Every Panther, every player, every free agent that I want comes to the Panthers four years later. Four (laughs) years after the fact. So I wanted Jarris Burke. You guys paid a million bazillion dollars for him. You didn't have any money. You got him 25 million. You didn't have a dollar. And then we get him five (laughs) years later. He's still not even, he's no better. Nope. Yeah, but people keep asking, you know, what, how, why, how can your team, or why sh- why does your team keep kicking the can down the road? Because it's working. I'm sure eventually it's going to catch up. And I'll tell you when it catches up. When they maneuver the salary cap to bring in a guy that absolutely flops, another Jairus Bird or James Laurinaitis situation, Paul Kruger, I could go on and on, uh, Brandon Browner. Uh, I'll stop because uh, I'm giving myself you know, PTSD. Um, <laughs> When things like that start happening and some, a move explodes and it blows back in their face, it's then you're going to see the Saints do a total teardown and rebuild. If this team collapses this year and you know we see a, a losing season, uh, a six and eleven season you know, type of year, uh, you know because of injuries and bad quarterback play, you're going to start to see these high priced guys that keep renegotiating their cost. You're going to see them disappear and they'll re, uh, you know, rebuild. But until that happens, as long as these moves keep paying off, why wouldn't you keep doing it, right? Yeah. My final question is kind of related to that. Now, uh, tell us about the uh, back to Taysom Hill. I got to come back to this hill for Cody to die on. What is his contract? It's like $144 million of shit. Nothing. Well, all the news are void. What is the contract? Tell us what this contract is. I saw this number and it's just like, why? Tell me why. I don't know if you ever watched Pat Pat McAfee, but they have a ball with this this notion of all this. Voidable years that make it Loomis down there, so giving out to these players. So, yeah, yeah, I would love to hear, uh, hear your thoughts. Tell me what this is. Years. I want to know what it be, what this contract is. Would you sign it? Is it like buying uh, beach, beachfront property in Florida? Yeah, it's a timeshare. Yeah, a, a, a timeshare. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe that's what Loomis is. He, he's a he's a timeshare salesman. <laughs> he makes your family. We all say this. We tell our children to cry. I did one of those timeshare joints, and we had to do this. I said, my wife and I said, y'all just behave. What you do, whatever the fuck you want, while we're in this meeting, we don't <laughs> give a fuck. Like this is the one time you get to be whatever you want to be, so we can get out of this shit faster. <laughs> the, yeah, listen, and I. I wrote the article uh, when when they broke news about Taysom's new deal, uh, and I got crucified for the headline, uh, you know, because it was. You know, what Hill was it? Tell us what what was the headline? I, I think it was something along the lines of Hill signs you know, uh, gigantic or enormous contract extension, uh, uh, and then it's, you know, rarely will I throw out a title this clickbait. You guys know me. Uh, yeah, but in that case, on the surface, as the contract reads, it was an enormous contract extension. Now, I said in the teaser, you know, read on because this is fake math. Uh, and you know, then I then I broke down the details of what was actually going on and why they did the deal the way they did. Uh, but you you guys know, you know, most of society, you know, uh, most of this pop up book society, they cannot or will not. You know, read past the headline or a picture. Oh, no, no, they won't. Oh, no. And that's why the headlines are deadly. Yeah, yeah, they you are. I mean, like, we're like good or bad or indifferent. What I'm saying, you're right. Is that yep. I've, I've found that people don't even want to listen to the podcast. They just want to tell me what they think. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not, it's not like a mean thing, but you're right. No. Is that people actually don't want you to tell them about Taysom Hill's contract. Now it's them getting to tell you what they think about Taysom Hill's contract. So what do you think about this ginormous fake math contract? Well, yeah, and and they did it purely to create some salary cap space for this year. The reality is, as it stands right now, both Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill are playing on one-year deals, and they are both scheduled to be unrestricted free agents at the end of the 2021 season. Uh, yeah. What these voidable so if deals he's on the team next year, Taysom Hill, he gets like $44 million, right? Uh, right. Or something that, like crazy that, amount. It, yeah, if they're going to keep him around, they're he's going gonna to be a be, Carolina Panther now for $85 <laughs> million. Dollars. And fucking Cody Lash, he's gonna love it. Dude, I can really die on the hill. <laughs> uh, Bob, my, my, uh, my last, uh, my last little question. Were you finished with your last answer? I didn't want. I didn't mean to to cut you off or anything. Uh, no, yeah, no, I think so. There's, uh, yeah. there's really not much to it. I just wanted to bring up that it's the yeah. mathification, man. So, it's like 144 million dollars, and he gets zero. I was like, what is, is I was like, I don't even know what that means. Should I sign this piece of paper or not? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, are you guys? Paying me or no? Um, and so does this mean I do have a job playing football? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um all right, so my, my final question to you, Bob, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I guess I do. What say you about the uh record this year for the New Orleans Saints? What do you think this team will be do we see a massive step back do we see a, a similar football team to you what do you think the highest ceiling for the 2021 new orleans saints are that is, i don't see a massive step back 
Uh, you know, it, obviously I'm worried. And you know, a, as an older Saints fan, uh, I've been mentally trained to expect the worst uh, and, and, then, and then laugh when something even worse than that happens. Um, but I, I, again, I put this team as talented as anybody in, in the NFL. And I think Jameis is going to be just fine. Uh, he, he's no Drew Brees. But as long as he realizes he's no Drew Brees and he just bees and he just manages to be a better version of Jameis Winston, and the team stays healthy, I think that the team is going to be step with step by step with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the division title chase all year long. Uh, and if you put me on the spot and I had to place a wager right now for a record, uh, I'm going to come in at 12 and five, 11 and six, 12 and five range. Uh, I, feeling good. I, I, feeling I, I, good. I do feel good about this team. Uh, you know, I, I'm you a don't James think you fan. could get old quick by accident with um, with um, Cam Jordan? Look, Cam Jordan. I, I look. I like this guy. If I would like love him if he was on my team. I hate him because he ain't. But there's a moment where the drop off. You know, is there a? Is, is there any chance where, like, you've put together all of this and then all of a sudden it kind of gets old? Yeah, older. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You got some problem, the secondary question, suspension. You know what I mean? Is yeah, we've seen it. Look, the Carolina Panthers were uh, were in there for a few years, right in a row, and all of a sudden you're thinking you're on the precipice. You're on the precipice, and then all of a sudden you're in a rebuild. That's kind of you know is that. Um, it can happen fast, Bob, and I hope it happens to you. I know. Uh, I, I know, and I know you don't think that with love. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You look at it this way. You look at the Saints, right? Yeah. Name, name me three backs better than Alvin Kamara. Name me three receivers better than Michael Thomas. Name me three offensive. Oh, well, that's easy. I, well, that's easy on that second one. Michael Thomas ain't even in the top five, I mean. That's another show. Uh, yeah, another show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, yeah, that might. Uh, you really think that? I think Michael Thomas is the best receiver. Tyree right Kill number one, number one. No, actually, no. Devonte Adams number one, number one, number one. That's who I picked number one. I number two. I got about Stephon Diggs number two. Tyree Kill number three, number four. Ooh, give me a four. Somebody yeah, is. Yeah, I promise you. There you go. Four. All right. Maybe. And you know what? I would say even I'm like I'm a little cautious on that one. Hold up. DJ Moore. Boom. Nah. Hey, I think well, that's all right. Well, I, I know you. I know we're probably got it going here. But yeah, Bob, we do. Real, real, real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Do you think Michael Thomas's role changes going from Drew to Jameis? From Drew to Jameis, no. Uh, other than we'll see more downfield stuff from Michael Thomas, uh, because okay. Drew's strength was timing, 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 uh, and Michael Thomas is such a precise and physical route runner. <clears throat> but people, do, he has underrated athleticism, so he can make plays down the field with Jameis. Uh, you know, with Taysom, I'll be very. If Taysom wins the job, uh, I, I, as unlikely as that may may seem, it, it's still it's still possible. Uh, I'll be interested to see how Sean Taylor's his offense, because again, that's not going to be a timing based offense either. So Michael Thomas's role will slightly change, but he is still going to be the featured receiver, him and Kamara uh, in this offense, regardless of who's throwing the football. 
people. All right, Bob, tell them how they can. Man, first of all, I want to thank you so much. You have been so generous with your time tonight. You were so fun in the redraft. And uh, and like you said, you are a family on this podcast. You've been coming on for years now, years and years at this point. You're always a fantastic guest. How can the fans of the C3 Panthers podcast, because we need to know more about the teams we're playing. I always say this. We look in the mirror so hard. We just stare mirror, mirror on the wall. And sometimes we forget to look out the window to see what's happening in the world around us. If we want to know about the New Orleans Saints, how can they find your work? Uh, well, I'm telling you, Cody, it's a pleasure, as always, coming on with you. Uh, when we get our Bayou Blitz podcast rolling again, we're taking a little bit of a, vac- a mental vacation from that. Uh, but I want to have you guys on with us, too. Uh, and I definitely love coming on with you guys. Uh, but, folks, you, you, if you want to follow me, I can be found on Facebook. My, uh, just simply my name, Bob Rose. Uh, over on Twitter, I'm at BobbyR2613. Uh, and you know, I, I publish all my works on, uh, on my personal pages of bo- both Twitter and Facebook. Uh, but uh, they could also be seen on the Saints News Network or at Saints News on Twitter. Uh, or even if you go to SI.com, the Sports Illustrated team channel, uh, and you know, search for New Orleans Saints. Uh, myself, John Hendricks, Kyle Mosley, we are the Saints News Network. And we do this, uh, the New Orleans Saints coverage or SportsIllustrated.com. Uh, you know, so make sure you check out our pieces there. Uh, you know, we're trying, you know, it's a struggle for all of us to come up with content this time of year. But we're oh less my God. I don't even, I'm not even interested in trying. I like, I, this is like <laughs> not my time. I'm so tired of the three, re, three people we could trade for that don't matter. You know, it's just so like, I feel like we should all just take a break at this moment and wait. Uh, I, I wouldn't be against that, but I, I got to pay bills at the same time. Uh, you know, so even if you're a Panthers fan and you want to click on to see, you know, go uh, see who the three players the Saints need to trade for <laughs> right away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I truly do. You do consider you guys family, uh, and you know, your fans that you know, that follow your show. You guys have been so great to me uh, in the past. Whenever I've been on too, uh, you know, so you know, we might be like brothers that battle a lot. Uh, you know, but when it comes to the outside world, including against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Atlanta Falcons, we'll come together as brothers and beat them all down. That's right. And uh, a uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Indeed. Fuck the Atlanta Falcons. I get to say <laughs> yeah. that every time. Boom. As I say that to the Tampa Bay fans, I say I hate the Falcons. Bob, my brother, I have multiple family members that are in New Orleans Saints fans, so... I'm used to building close relationships with Saints fans anyway, so I'll just have Keep to your add enemies you. close. Yeah, I'll just have to add you to that to that group of cool ants fans that I begrudgingly get along with no matter what. So all right. Yeah, thank you so much for your time, Bob. That's Bob Rose. Check him out on the SI.com. They're following the Saints. You will hate what's happening, but you'll love what you read. <laughs> When it comes to Bobbers, thanks again, man. All right, let's go on to the next part of the show, man. We got the final part. Is we got the final segment. We do need to get to the cat calls, man. Uh, you know, Cody, you're gonna hate this because I got an idea for next week's show, and you better I'm get gonna hate it. Sleep on. You're gonna get. Yeah, you're gonna hate it because the redraft took a little bit longer than I thought it was. I thought we we're gonna be able to do the redraft in 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Next week. Well, 
anytime you think that you can do something in a certain amount of time, I automatically know that you're wrong. But it's right, fine. You're right. You're right. And that actually is probably every human being in the world. Uh, not just me. But, um, but next definitely week, we're... Too. <laughs> I'm the worst at it. This is the worst. Um, of 7 billion people, no one's worse than you. Yes, there is no one worse than the professor at time management. Um, next week, we are an expansion team. The Carolina Panthers are on, are coming, are <laughs> bursting onto the scene. Yeah. And we, we get to pick one player. From every team? From every team. Yeah, but then they get to, but, but doesn't every team get to protect five players or something? Well, we're not going to make that complicated. <laughs> Do you know how long that would take if we had to explain the protection and then you'd be like, well, oh, no, you couldn't take that. <laughs> Next week, yeah. we're an expansion team and we're picking okay. our perfect 2021 team. Imagine that. What if they couldn't protect anybody and you just gave somebody a Super Bowl right off the And yeah, like, welcome to the picking, NFL. You got I'm a picking, Super Bowl. Deshaun I'm Watson. I'm Patrick Mahomes. I'm picking Derrick Henry. I'm getting Julio. No, right, I, I want you to actually, before DeAndre. next week's show, brainstorm a rule maybe that we can implement. Like you can't pick their best player, the best player on any team. Like, I don't know. Somehow we'll make it, but because we're not protecting five. But I want to do an expansion draft. That's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. That sounds that sounds cool. People in the chat room like it too. And but right. uh, let's do some cat calls because I know. All right, Kevin, we gotta go. We, yeah, Kevin we're gonna do it. Don't one, worry. Well, Kevin had one for me too. I know he was wanting to talk some shit to me. I'm sure. So hold on here before we get into the cat calls. Yeah, I gotta remind you that they're powered by Avolta. Avolta is your way to cut the cord. With your energy company, if you live in North and South, or North or South Carolina, um, you need to contact Kevin Brown, Solar Consultant at Avolta. You can find him at seven zero four two one five three three seven three. You tell him you're a Panthers fan. He's going to help you get a fixed energy rate for life, add equity to your home, um, and take advantage of tax credits by becoming energy independent. It's starting to get hot outside, and you could be making money off of those heat waves if you get with a Volta. But you got to tell them you heard about it on the C3 Panthers podcast and your Panthers fan because he's going to give you a special deal. Actually, probably won't give you a special deal, but you know what he'll do? Take special care of you because he listens to this podcast, and there's no other way to know that you learned about it. Then you got to tell them, and that helps us. It helps you. Helps him. Let's do this. Let's go to the cat calls. Let's see yes, if sir. this works. Hold on. Where's my sound at? So how do you think cat calling makes yeah, the person yeah, yeah. feel? It feels good like a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Play on me. Play. Double play. Hey, this is Kevin from Charleston again. I want to know, who do you all think is going to be our starting tight end? And our starting left tackle? 
Mm. Like, I don't know. Good question. You know, to me, those yeah. are the big two competitions in training camp. And also, are y'all going to be at the Falcons game December 12th? Because I will be there celebrating my birthday, getting shit face drunk, yelling and screaming at people. I don't even care if we win or lose. I'm just going to be screaming at people. Fuck it. I like it. Kevin from Charleston. Who's the spark? Who's the starting tight end? Um, this has to be one. Are there two? What do you do? Do you run two tight end sets? Ian Thomas. I, I damn sure want to see his name. I want to see more two tight end sets. I've been wanting to see that for a long time. We don't have to do it all the time, but I want us to at least be able to to have that option. You know. Um, Dan I, Arnold, Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold, and who I, else could it be? Johnny Trimble. No, is Johnny Trimble going to overtake Tommy Ian Tom- Tommy Trimble. Tommy, Tommy, yeah, Tommy. I, I do. I do think so. I do think so. It's like, listen, but gone are the days of us drafting players that we hope end up being good, you know, two or three years down the road. Like Matt Rule and, and this new Panthers coaching staff, they expect guys to come in and compete and be competitive right away. And that's what I want from our, from from this team. I, I, you know, how many times did have, have we talked about Ron Rivera choosing to just go with the more seasoned player even though he might have had a younger, better football player sitting underneath them. So I'm Isn't a, Ian Thomas potentially that person, though? Maybe, but I'm the more time. It was missing on, last year. It's don't. completely missing last yeah. year. We thought that it was the previous system that maybe. I just thought people were so high on Ian Thomas for so long. I don't know where the Ian Thomas is and nobody came from. It seems like, are we already past the Ian Thomas moment? Yeah, I remember when we all thought Jordan Scarlett was going to be a good backup running back. Like, you know. Well, who knows? We didn't try it. If you don't play, if you don't handle the ball, how do we fucking know? You didn't even make a team. No, I, 100%, man. I mean, listen, I have to tell you about guys like Cameron Artis Payne and guys that, that fought forever just for nothing to happen. Um, but knowing that that's we why you marry the PR girl, you marry Ron Rivera's daughter because you might not be able to play, but you get a contract. <laughs> yeah, right. from her. Uh, I just think knowing that we specifically went and got Dan Arnold and that we made it a point to bring on um, Tommy Tremble. And I they love Tremble, man. The way they gush about Tremble is like crazy. Like, yeah, and what was he, him. a third or a fourth round? Fourth, I mean, it was, it was very, it wasn't, uh, late flyer it was kind of an earlier mid pick you and know it felt like an intentional mid-round pick i yeah. guess and people are wanting to bang on him because he didn't have a ton of receiving yards but notre dame's offense wasn't built that way like they weren't they weren't throwing the football to the tight end a ton um he has a ton of potential neither was carolina's and, last year by the way another thing <laughs> i do think that we'll, we'll end up seeing is i wouldn't doubt it if we see tommy tremble play some uh Halfback too, some fullback. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, uh, wait, 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 is... we didn't, wait, we didn't answer left tackle. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, left tackle. It's gonna be the guy we got. Tough, from Fox. It's gonna be Cam Irving. Fuck. Yeah, dude, that's depressing, dude. He beats out Trent Scott. It's God. either him or Trent Scott. 
I mean, are we all? I mean, it, it, it's, it's it's such a stab. I don't want to put Trent Scott. Look, is that here? If you put Trent Scott as a starting left tackle, it's not fair to him. But have you already resigned? Like you gotta tech? take the job if you if it's given to you. Like if they offered me the presidency of the United States right now, I gotta take it. Like because I ain't ever gonna get an opportunity like this again. But it's too much. So Trent Scott, like as like I just think that like is that I like this player. He's got a lot of potential. Maybe at right tackle, maybe at guard. You know what I'm saying? But like I think it's just too much to ask for him to be starting left tackle. Cam Irvin, I always my I asked my Dallas friend about this. He said he's not that terrible. He just looks like shit doing it. Like so it's like it's not pretty. Like you're like, ugh, ugh, ugh. But it ha it's not awful. Like he looks worse than it is. Like it's just kind of clunky and this and bizarre. So and multiple, but I think it's can I, can I say this? Taylor Moten was either a third round pick or we traded up into the second round second. for Taylor Moten. Yep. Yep. So okay, listen. My thing is this: I don't know that Brady Christensen will be able to play left tackle this year, but dude, he damn well better be somewhere on this mm. fucking offensive line. Was he I'll, third I'll tell round? You that, was he dude. third round? Yeah, if we end up going into this year and we didn't draft a starting offensive lineman, dude, I think that's going to be considered a miss, man. Um, and look, this is what Tyler Cunningham in the chat says. is like, how do you feel about not getting an offensive lineman? I'm still pissed. Rashawn Slater. Gonna, like, we should, like, you put Slater in here and it's like, you got to try We're going to be even more pissed. If we go into this year and we still don't have a serviceable left tackle. And so who is still, it? Who is it then? Who starts? Dude, it's probably Trent Scott. Wow. And that's wow. embarrassing right. to me, man. For, no, man. I mean, like, I hope that best for him. I'm not going to hate him yet. Not going to hate him yet. But I don't like putting people in untenable situations. But do you that's agree with me, though, that Brady Christensen better fucking start this season? Because in my mind, if he doesn't, then it's like, what was? What's the point? What, what no, I don't think he has to start playing, right. Not right away. Not, How about here's the thing? Right away is that I think that they picked him a lot because he can play guard. He can play center, man. I think a little maybe, bit is this him playing center. Play guard at BYU. But he can play. He did play center for a while, right? Pretty sure he did at one point. He had uh, he had some snaps, but. The large majority of his play time was at left tackle. I'm going to tell you this. If that mug steps up in the NFL right away and we try to start him as a rook on the left side, God bless Sam Darnold. What if we do? It's a steep-ass learning curve. You know what? He better – man, like, these, are, these are very real questions about like why we shouldn't just be overly gushing about the draft. Right, we we went crazy about the 2015 draft where the Carolina Panthers looked like they nailed everybody, right? And then two years later, nobody. But I think that is, you want your first three round picks. I think Bob Rose said this is that you want like he's expecting his first three round picks to be contributors, and I kind of thought that's a high bar, but it's kind of the bar between good, like very good and not good. Yeah. Right. If your first round pick starts and nobody else does, then who gives a fuck? If your first and second, it's a little bit better. But if we said this, if we got our first three picks right and we didn't get nobody else, I'm fine with it. 
You know? Yeah. Like, but, oh, we didn't get Jordan Scarlett right. Oh, but you know yeah, what? The problem wasn't Jordan Scarlett. It was the two picks story. before him, too. But and I said out. this. It's not unreasonable for, I don't think, for a fan to um, expect that your first three draft picks are starters in their first year. Like, may, I mean, it doesn't always yeah, happen. I think that needs to be the expectation from the GM. Like, if that doesn't happen, then they, you didn't get it right. It's not actually on the player, right? Like, I'm not saying it's the player's job. Then, like, they're going to do their best, you would hope. But if you don't pick a starter in the third round, don't you kind of think you failed a little bit as a GM? Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. If What's if, a home run, we, right? Isn't the home run get landing one, two? Like, if you just – if I if you were a GM and you said, oh, I got a six-round pick – but I busted on my second round pick and I did this four years in a row. But if I just came to you every year and I said, I got my first, second, or third round pick, I ain't picked no more. And I got them all right. You'd be like, we good. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah. If, if you knew that you were hitting on all three of them, uh, I'm just, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to be very disappointed. If right. Brady, if Brady Christensen like, doesn't start this year, I think he I needs like to that. be. Being part of our offensive Save line. that for your hot take, real take later on segment. Not tonight, but yeah. another show. Next call. Hey, this is Kevin from Charleston. And uh, I know it's a slow. This might like, have been his first call. I got like, out of order. This thing with David Tepper, you know, talking about he's going to get a new stadium, but he's not paying Ooh. for it. Like, yeah. I'm, t- I'm tired of billionaires taking taxpayer money to build stadiums. That dude is worth like what ten billion dollars, richest owner in NFL, and he's like, I'm not paying for it. Like, I'm tired of seeing that. Have you ever met a billionaire who did though? You know, non-profitable, you know, organizations. Like, how? I don't understand. I really don't understand any of it's legal, but you know, that's beyond my you know comprehension. Whatever. All right, I'm gonna stop the call there because I do want to talk about this real quickly. You know, it's kind of thrown off guard by Tepper's comments about the stadium. Not about the building part, but about he said, no way in hell we're going to have a dome. It's like, what do you mean? How did he yeah. say this when all he said is that he wanted to have a fucking what he Jerry's said in Palace? But he said in light of COVID. Right, like, yes. No so then I heard the next layer of the comment. And is that maybe a little, is he going too far? Can you not do? I mean, I think he said he would consider a retractable dome. But I mean, are we really? Is he really thinking that like you don't feel safe forever inside? It's pretty. Dumb. And how is what a 180 it really feels like? And last point to the caller, and I'll give you the mic to just finish it up is that this is a very touchy situation when it comes to. Not touchy. It's a complicated situation when it comes to taxpayer dollars, government, what people should do, particularly with the rich and this and that. And first, number one, it's on the is on the voters of Charlotte or Mecklenburg County or whoever pays the ultimate taxes for it. Right. They're going to have to decide whether they really want it or not. Right. If do you do you want your tax dollars to go to something like that or not? Because if you don't want to go to it, there's a way to stop it. And it's through the voting process. The other point of contention that is very um, difficult or is hard to decipher, I haven't done research on it, but I've heard Kyle Bailey from WFNZ talk about it several times, and that the 
the billionaire owners always like to talk about, well, if we bring you this stadium, it's going to bring back all this money to the economy. And there are lots of economists that say that's important. That, that's a true fact. And there's also a lot of economists that say you don't get the money back that you say, <laughs> say you're going to get. A lot of people really hate this dude, but HBO has a show called Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Yeah, and, oh, I like him. They did, he did a whole segment on just this a few years ago and put, showing all the evidence on how it doesn't actually provide anywhere near the economic boost that they claim it does for certain things but hey dude that's the nature of the nfl like uh trill one says wealthy people don't use their own money for anything dude no Especially yeah you're that, have you, dude i wanted to ask money. the caller and several people have asked me about this question on face you know in person facebook twitter and stuff like that but has there been an owner that's ever paid for his own? not ever but in our recent in our modern memory paid fully for it like i'd be interested to did like who before tepper was, was the, guy, the microsoft dude right wasn't the microsoft guy the richest dude for seattle or something yeah i don't even i just don't even i don't even know if jerry jones paid for it all and no, he's no, probably the biggest dude that, for it all. right so like i mean it may have never have even happened i um that's a big point, right? Like, so if you ask, like, if you say, I don't think that these persons should do that, and it's never, and they've always done that, like, it's a far So there's stretch, two right? things to mention here, and one of them that is actually relevant is MLS. Because if, if the Panthers and the new MLS team are going to share a stadium in soccer, you're not allowed to play um, under a closed roof. Don't ask me what for. Oh, now uh, we really learned. It's not fucking COVID, bro. It's soccer, dude. Wow. It's soccer. It has You're, to be a retractable. So it either has to be a retractable or it has to be a stadium instead of a dome. So you you just solved it, bro. You just fucking solved it. I think I think so, man. And I it's also not COVID, man. He knows this. Is they just ripped down all the side, bro. They just ripped down all the natural grass. Why? Because they're going to be playing the MLS. That's it. This is he's. I don't know what it is, but he's trying to get the taxpayers to pay for the retractable dome now. That's what it is. That that's going to be what it is. And see, the the thing is, this there aren't really many other places in america for an nfl owner to use against the city to hold the team hostage like before there was always the looming specter of los angeles oh well fuck it if if you're not gonna give us what we want we're gonna take a team to la yeah and and, and, but now there isn't that now there's no more vegas like what maybe you're talking maybe san antonio Maybe back to San Diego, but if they're not paying for the Chargers, St. Louis, nope, nope, St. Louis, nope. That's that's and Charlotte is like like such a great city right now. Like it's a city on the right, you know, like a like it's it's not a city whose past is behind or it's like kind of heyday is behind it. It's It's actually like in its moment city in the southeast. 
it's in its moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a St. Louis is like it's say has been. Like a Detroit, it's a has. You know what I'm saying? They like they used they were in super important cities at one point, but then like is their future ahead of them? You get man, that's gonna be hard to say. I'm just gonna move. Where would he move? That's what. Send us your calls. Not right now. We'll play them next week. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Though, where would the Carolina? Where could they move? Where could any team move right now if they didn't want to pay for it? Next call. What's going on, Z Three Nation? It's your boy Jay Anderson, and y'all up. Well, Jay. Um, there's nothing in Carolina news that I really want to talk about. I don't think there's nothing really popping out there to talk about. I know right. everybody talking about the old ha ha Clinton Dix, but you know we'll you know we'll see. You know, no problem with that. But I want to get y'all thoughts. You know, I know y'all don't. Talk about, you know, talk about college sports probably until, like, the draft or something like that. So I just want to get y'all input on the whole thing that they're talking about, adding 12 playoff yeah. teams, playoff teams to the, um, you know, adding 12 playoff teams. Me, personally, I, I, think yeah. it's, I think it's bogus. I understand it's a money grab, but crazy thing is the kids don't get paid for it. And stuff like that, which is ridiculous. Well, um, to me, I don't think they need twelve. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna um, push it up, I understand eight. You know, yeah. But you know, it's a money grab, and you know, people complain about the same four teams. I'm like, man, the same four teams ain't always in the playoffs. Maybe probably the same three, and it probably rotate and. If anybody that watched college football for a long time, a lot of times you do have two top – I mean, you do have three top-tier elite teams. Like in the 90s, it was Florida, Miami, and um, Florida State that was running it. In the 80s, it was Oklahoma, Nebraska, and, uh, you know, Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Notre Dame been running the place. So you're going to have those, you know, three, four teams that are going to be running the era. That's just the way it is. Um. People want the soft, you know, the um, the group of five teams to come in. I'm like, look, if the group of five want to get in, they gotta have, they gotta have a tougher schedule, and they gotta um, win about ten can't. games. It's not about every having a tougher schedule. To I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start your college. You're more into college football than I am, Cody. But you're also uh, cheering for a team that's part of the Power Five. Yep. Right. So you are in a team that you're in a in a conference that gets a bid. Um, and now I'm not saying that my, I'm a East uh, East Carolina Pirates fan, right? I'm not saying that we deserve to have a spot, right? Or that people from the American need to be in the playoff each year or something like that. But there's actually zero opportunity for the play, the, those team for those conferences to truly get in. Right, like is that, and that is the problem that is that when you look to the college basketball bracket, is that, yeah, we all think that the power schools are the ones that are going to one seeds and this and that. But if you don't get a chance to even like potentially get a chance at the dance, right? Like, is not only do you have to ask the hot girl out and she say yes. But even if she said, yes, they ain't going to let you in still. That's what's facing some of these young. And how do you get, how do those teams recruit people? 
how do those teams schedule tougher schedule? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do they truly do that in a way that is meaningful and valuable if there is no potential for anything beyond just a conference championship and what a small bowl game? Or not well, a small bowl game. But I just wanted the opportunity to land in the dance. Not a guarantee, an opportunity. See, I'm I'm very neutral about this because one change is inevitable and it's been talked about for too long and I knew that it was going to happen no matter what. But so, yeah, and you kind of touched on a lot of the points, Tony. It's like, you know, okay, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Georgia. Like there's a certain select few teams that are always going to be in the top recruiting metrics, right? They're going to get the best high school football players. And then those are the teams that largely dominate the college football playoffs. So the mindset is now that you're opening it up so that way more teams, when they're out there recruiting, they're going to be able to tell their players, yeah, you're going to have a better chance of being able to play meaningful playoff college football by coming to this program. The problem is, is you're going to see a bunch of matchups that you think that you want to see, but I promise you, you just fucking don't. Okay. Everybody thinks that there's going to be this year when the, the, the pirates or uh, ECU or, or um, uh, UCF has a year where they just come on and they, you know, pull off a, a Cinderella story for the ages. And I'm just telling you, yeah, you're going to get more football, but it isn't going to be necessarily better football. And you're going to have a lot more teams that are in the playoffs that don't necessarily deserve to be in the playoffs. Because, by the way, they're not talking about expanding it to eight players. They're talking about going – or eight teams, rather. They're talking about going from four all the way to 12. But I, so if they did, I think the, the reason they're trying to think of this broad net is because they even know that, like, a 10-2 and two team or whatever, the you know, a two-loss team, two team, like a two-loss Georgia – Right, could go up against a UCF that's undefeated, right? So UCF should have a chance to play them, and they know that you're probably right that it's not going to be as Cinderella-ish, Cinderella-ish that we want it to be, right? Because football is just a little different than basketball, where you get hot and streakier. But there is an opportunity. The problem is that in the current system, there's no opportunity. Who would have thought that the BCS, at one point when we all complained about how they ranked the BC, what, remember all the BCS bowls and this and that, and how we all thought that was like the stupidest shit and we didn't understand the magic behind it. Who would have thought that that actually was a better system? Kind of. I think it kind of is. Like I almost think it's like more... I think no, it's I mean, better than what well, we got. No, but then you had years where there were teams that went undefeated and that didn't get picked to play in the national championship game. So then it's well, like, hey, look, like, man, we had teams that got went undefeated and don't even get a chance to play in the national championship game. So you're right. I guess. Oh my god, crazy! Me, I've never heard of this medium. shit before. There's a happy medium, and to me, that number would have been eight teams. And I think that would give every kind. Don't you think kind of it shouldn't every conference championship get a chance? Well, no, it would. Or else you shouldn't be in the same fucking league. 
Yeah, we no, gotta like, let you add the same uh, differently. We gotta put you in differently. You should be division two. Like if your conference championship don't mean shit or whatever. In two thousand like every if every conference don't get a bid to the dance, then your conference shouldn't be in the motherfucking thing in the first place. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Um, but it's also the like you might get beat down. You might get beat down, but damn, if if not, then it's all a fraud anyway and shouldn't have even been a fucking conference. But like in 2017, Alabama won the championship uh, with Tua, but they lost the SEC championship game. And they still managed to get in over uh, a two-loss Ohio State team, even though Ohio State won the Big Ten. So in my mind, eight was the best number. Because you would have had the conference winner from all the Power Five conferences, and then you could have had the next three best football teams, like Notre Dame, since they don't have a conference, and then maybe if you know uh, Georgia or some other Big Ten team that wasn't good enough to be considered, you know, or maybe that's when you have an undefeated UCF and you want to give them a shot at the playoffs, but twelve. Dude, I think you're going to see a bunch of really bad football. And you're talking about if you're a senior or a junior getting ready to go into the NFL, you're talking about more unpaid football before you go pro. Next call. Hey, y'all, my podcast brothers. How y'all doing? What's up, G? G, Hey, man, how y'all been doing? I know I ain't called in in a while. I haven't listened to the show in a, in a, in a minute. Cause I've been kind of busy, so forgive me for that. But hey, man, hey, Robbie Anderson showed up today, y'all. Mmm, then that's something. Mmm, didn't he show up? I knew he was gonna show up anyway. I was, I wasn't even worried to tell you the truth. wasn't worried at all. The reason why I called is you seeing the players that are trying out. You see, Ha Ha Clinton Dix. What you guys think on that, man? Because Ha Ha, when he came in the league, he played for. I think he got drafted by Green Bay, if I'm correct, man. He was okay, and then, like, he just fell off the face of the earth because I know he played for Green Bay. I want to say he played for Chicago. Then I think he came went to Dallas, and I think they let him go. I haven't heard that name in a while because I remember him in college, man. And he, he he was pretty good in college, but I don't really – Is that another Alabama player? Doing the last past, like, yeah. three or four years, and so. you think With he's all worthy those to become a Panther? You know, because you remember the last time we took that one dude, that corner, I forgot his name, to play for the Saints. And he didn't match out at all, you know. So give me a Jer- We had Jarris Bird from Dick. the Saints. We had oh Eli Apple. That's what he's talking about. Actually, that's a thank you, G Cavassier, for that call. And that is he led me into what I was going to ask: Will he be Kurt Coleman, or will he be Eli Apple, or will he not be on the team at all? We talked a bit about it earlier in the show. Any further thoughts on ha ha, or should we just ha 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 ha? No, why don't you tell me? I, 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 listen, I told you I, I I love the idea of bringing in Ha Ha. I didn't hear your opinion, though. What did you think? Yeah, I, I think this is that um, I don't see any reason why on the face it seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Right? Yeah, is that my, I guess I just have questions. Is like, number one, why didn't he play last year? That's my first question is why didn't he play last year? Was it because of COVID? Did he opt out? Was it because he didn't make the cut? And was it this and that? The other question is, is why has he not stuck on these defenses? 
And I don't ever really remember anybody acting like he was terrible. You know, like, I mean, we've kind of gone up against Green Bay, I feel like, in the past. And I feel like, yeah, he made a Pro Bowl early on or something like that. I mean, that Chicago defense is generally so lot. He kind of got maybe he got uh who's your boy? You love you you're the guy that put, you're the guy that put me onto that safety from Chicago. Oh, um, Jackson. Jackson. Eddie Jackson. So did he just get like is Eddie Jackson just like his dog? You know what I'm saying? Did he just get out dog there? Maybe that's it. Um, you know. Mar- and so uh, these are my yeah, Marcus Riley said he was cut by Dallas last year. Yeah. So uh, who's always been looking for a safety? Dallas been yeah. looking for a safety longer than we have. <laughs> yeah. It feels like. Um, so I have more questions than answers when it comes to haha. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, but is that like, I don't see why there couldn't be room on this team at this moment. Yeah. It, it almost seems like it, there's not too much downside to it at all. Like, right. what could it possibly hurt? It's not like the Apple last year. Apple last year, I felt like we were expecting him to start. And he didn't even make the team. <laughs> you know, like, we expected him to start. Like, it was like that. It was like Marty Herney went out and targeted Eli Apple only to cu- only to find out he was a poison fruit two weeks yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, last call of the night. Hey, guys, it's Joey. I like the guest you had on today because, uh, you know, he he's like me. He said uh, he won't be fixing his eyes anytime soon. Uh, me neither, but I don't think I'm fixing my eyes at all. I'm born blind. And I'm going to die like it. I'm fixing my ears, though. That that I will be fixing somehow. I, I don't know how. Anyway, guys. All right. Oh, and also, uh, uh, you know. The Panthers need to be, you know, a dynasty. We need to win the Super Bowl. We need to fix that. Wow, wow. He's All getting right. better at the bellow, man. That it's that yeah. that that growl yeah. to, to start it off, man. He's yep. got that mastered. And uh He has finally seen how to do it. He finally has seen how to do it. Hey, that man sees no evil. So this is the C3 Panthers podcast. We're going to ice some mugs up and get the hell out of here. You got to ice up. Pick, uh, the ice up segment is the longest running segment of the Carolina Panther of the C3 Panthers podcast. And that's where we tell someone to ice up, to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. Everyone's fair game. This is our homage to Steve Smith, who will punch you in your mofo face if you got a problem with it. Cody, you got an ice up pick for me? I do. Oh, good. Um, let me just uh, pull this up right quick. So, um, somewhere in San Francisco, at a Walgreens, homeboy just goes in with this bicycle and a, and a big ass trash bag, and he just helps himself, bro. He gets up, someone tries to stop him, but he is undeterred. He gets in and fucking it looks gets like out. he rented that bicycle too. And that was it. That's the end of the video, man. And I'm like, uh, I'm starting he icing to, up. I, 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 you know, I, I was thinking about it, and originally I was gonna ice up him, but I don't think I will, man, because I don't think they ever arrested this dude. And apparently, California is like 
so overridden with homeless people now that apparently shit like this is like a common occurrence over there. So I'm going to ice up uh, the abysmal hellscape that California has become to continue to let shit like this uh, continue to get worse and worse and worse and worse. So uh, ice up. I, I honestly just wanted to play because I thought it was funny that homeboy yeah, funny. took funny. a bike in, took his shit and left and didn't ask no one. Um, I wanna. Um, I guess it's a kind of an ice up that's not very good at first, and uh, well, it's not gonna get better as I say it. But I got one other one that's not better. Uh, I'm gonna kind of ice up. I'm not icing up Netflix because I love that. I still this is that's why I'm I'm turning forty this year. So of course Netflix is my favorite streaming platform. <laughs> I do believe Netflix has the best interface and the best like algorithm. Like it oh, really like yeah. I. I I can just find stuff better that is more relevant to me on Netflix. So I still, I'm like a faithful Netflix watcher. I also am not a over superhero, superhero junkie, right? Like I don't really love the shit, but I started watching Jupiter's legacy. Oh yeah. And I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. I got about halfway through it. I had some shit come up, you know, so you got to take a pause or something and stuff. And you go back and rewatch an episode. Still like, it's still like, all right. Then fucking news pops up on my Google feed, not renewed. And I guess maybe the cast costs too much or this and that. But I was like, man, this is what I get. So I guess I'm icing myself up for like a superhero shit. Dude, if you want a good superhero show, that has already been picked up for more seasons. You need to watch Invincible. It, it, I it, don't want a good superhero show, but I that's the anim, animated the yes. boys, right? I've yes, heard great but things it about is, you. You've told me it is fucking insane. And, I'm on startup uh, right now. That's what I'm watching right now. And it's a Crackle joint, and I think I don't know if Crackle's still around. I think they were owned by Sony, and. Crackle was dope. It was cool for a little while, but like, you know, there's like cryptocurrency, those early streaming services, you know, there's going to be a lot that die. Uh, but this is yeah. a Crackle original. Just like I saw, I watched this other one, speaking of MMA joints, or not speaking of it, you like MMA, I'm speaking oh, yeah. of MMA. Um, there's this great show, it used to be on Netflix, I think they just ended it last month, it's called The Kingdom. Oh and yeah, I, I watched. I watched a good bit of it. Oh, cool, cool shit. You know what I'm saying? But that's also an audience. I think is who made that, which yeah. is also like a maybe that's AT and T or direct. You know who? Know. Anyway, so I'm icing up the Jupiter's Legacy for being a show that I kind of liked. That was about superheroes that got canceled. So I don't even want to watch the last four up. I don't even fuck about the last four episodes. Yeah, it's like it's a why now. Yeah, uh, and then the other ISA pick goes to this is that we've been having this pool put in. It's problems. And you're going to say, oh, these rich people problems. I ain't got, I'm not rich. After I finance this pool, I'm going to be paying for this pool for the next 20 years. Folks, don't worry. Like, no, I got poor people problems. And, like, I got to pay that interest and shit like that. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting on this liner, which is the plastic shit they put on the inside. It's been so long. We forgot what liner we actually picked. You know, out of the magazine, like I mean, it's been so long since all this, and so they put it. We've been waiting, and they're like, It's gonna be here, it's gonna be here. We were like, I don't even know which one. They put the liner in, 
now this pool is getting in. My kids are so excited. It looks pretty good. I'm pretty sure it's the wrong liner. Like I went back, we found the text message that we sent the company, you know, because a lot, it's just dude talking to you on messenger or whatever the fuck it was. And this is not the liner we ordered, but like, what do you say? Like, take the fucking liner out. We want to late longer. It looks all right. I'm telling you, we had extra concrete. Like we had some things that were not in the contract that were put in. Like we asked them to do, and they haven't told us how much it's going to be. And we've been sweating bullets. Like they're going to come back and be like, you owe us five grand. And we're like, oh, we only got one or something. <laughs> Guess what? The bad liner is my way out of all those debts, bro. Really? I mean, I didn't even get a fucking right liner, homie. So I ain't giving you shit. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. I'll right be, now, yeah. my kids are dying to swim in this fucking pool, man. Let them in, God. Are they even going to get in before the summer's over, you think? Yeah, they're going to get in tomorrow, bro, because that mug has been filling up all... Not tomorrow, maybe two days. It takes two days to fill this bitch. And I'm stealing my neighbor's water. (laughs) I I sent him a text message. No one lives there. I was like, can I use your water hose for a minute? Like seven hours? If no one lives there, (laughs) who's the text? The son of the people who used to live there because they went to the old people home. Uh, He's like, yeah. By, by the way, you're right though. The Netflix, like their user interface, like especially the especially after you use a bunch of other ones, like dude, Amazon Prime sucks. Not dude, the HBO thing. Max sucks, bro. Yeah, it you does. Know, I'm, I look is Amazon Prime ain't even on my hit list yet. HBO Dude, Max Amazon sucks. Amazon Disney Prime Plus sucks. is fucking yeah, the pits, are, bro. Netflix definitely. You can tell that they've been doing this shit the longest. They have an algorithm. And this is what a stock show I listened to, man. He says it's all about the algorithm, about what you watch and what you like. And they suggest yeah. shit that is truly fucking relevant to you. The other ones, you yeah. just have to search for it. You know, so like when you go to HBO Max, you just got to really, truly, uh, yeah. not, like they give you five movies that you could watch. And then it's like, look at all the movies we got. Yeah. And so now I got to look at 982 yeah. movies from A to Z. Dude, I was devastated. Uh, a year or two back, I had to reset my password and shit on Netflix. And I got back into my account, but it basically reset my account. So it forgot like all the shit that it learned about me over the years of like all the shit uh, that I watch. Rank I your top. Had to like start over. Rank your top real quick for me. Rank your your streaming services. I mean, by Netflix, con- number by, one. By, by content. No, just like what is this? Is what if like if you know like what do you, what's your top like one to five or four whatever? I don't even care. You mean top three whatever? Because Netflix is number one to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't pay for YouTube. I probably use YouTube more than anything. Yeah, but they don't yeah, have a rigid. Yeah. That's actually right, just yeah, YouTube yeah, yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah. So, right, so then- I actually, I, so I count this and this Netflix. I count um, Amazon Prime. Yeah. I count Hulu. I count yeah. HBO Max. I count Disney Plus. And maybe I guess you can throw fucking the the peacock in at the end or whatever. I've never used that one personally. Nah, I'm not uh, paying Net- for that shit. Netflix is awesome, and I love the shit that they put on. Um, even though the app is fucking terrible, I generally love the Netflix app. Is that terrible? No, 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 no. It, I, the at HBO app is terrible. Oh, 
but but the content dude when hbo decides that they want to make a kick-ass new show let me tell you they fucking do it man well we're waiting because they haven't done one in two years bro oh there's a no there's a bunch of them have you watched a succession Dude, succession. No, I haven't. Good, I haven't. And it's on my list, but it's like, okay, so that's their best show right uh, now. No, uh, su- uh, succession, The Watchmen. Uh, dude, damn. No, The Watchmen don't count, man. They're still on the same fucking season. They've only done one season, bro. One, yeah, they don't want. Dude, HBO has a bunch of shit. I want to see a more. Bunch of shit. I want to see more from The Watchmen. Like, I'm okay with The Watchmen. Like Westworld. I like Westworld too. Westworld's too science, man. That's the smartest show ever. You better but fucking bring your notepad when you watch fucking Westworld, bro. Yeah, like, you gotta pretty... be taking notes. Yeah, it's 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 intense. Right. I, I watch. You're going Netflix, HBO Max. Uh, then probably Disney Plus. <sighs> Smiley, I hate Disney Plus, bro. Well, I, I mean, again, right now, but right. I, they have the superhero shows and shit. And then um, probably Amazon Prime at the mm. bottom. I think I'm going to go Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, and at the end, Disney+. Plus. See, Hulu, it just makes me want to pay too much to get rid of the ads. Like, dude. Right, not- you know what? You never get rid of them, bro. You don't even have to worry about it. Even when you get rid of them, you don't get rid of them. I've got Hulu Live TV, and there's so much shit. Look, I pay. There ain't a package that you can really have that's more expensive than one I fucking got. Like, I don't know what else I got to do. And, and I still get ad. You just like- got to deal with it. Hulu, and you know what? They're owned by Disney. No, but that's why I don't want to deal with it, though. The whole point of a streaming service. You get ESPN Plus, you get Disney Plus, e- uh, ESPN Plus, and Hulu as a pack, bro. Oh, uh, have you tried uh, Discovery the bundle. Plus? Uh, you mean where my brother owns that network? No. Yeah, I yeah where, your bro- I where, where your brother has his very own show. Yeah, no, is that I get, you know what? He's going to be so mad. He's going to call me later and he's going to say, how the fuck did you not give me any credit on your top five streaming services? Yeah, right. <laughs> you mentioned Peacock before yeah. me? Some family you are. All right. That's the C3 Panthers podcast. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, where can they find you? At Cody Lack, right there on the screen, at C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, I'm still the analyst at drafttech.com. And that's it, man. We'll see you next Tuesday night, 9 p.m. And uh, if we don't see you, then we'll see you before then. Because we don't miss Tuesday nights, homie. We be back next week. Keep pounding. We love you all, folks. Smash the thumbs up. Be a part of the show. All that. See you next week. Peace. Is that Weston? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.